0: Cocaine on the streets, dirty cops on the take, one young blood looking for a way out. All this can only mean one thing. We're comparing Superfly on this episode of Retro vs. Remake. Parker and I'm Dan Bulick. Welcome to another episode of Retro vs. Remake. This is the series where we compare movies to their remakes. Join us as we answer the question, should this remake exist? Today's films are Superfly. The original Superfly, made in 1972, starring Ron O'Neill, Carl Lee, Julius W. Harris, (laughs) Sheila Frazier, Charles McGregor, Sig Shore and Curtis Mayfield as himself directed by Gordon Parks Jr screenplay by Philip Fenty and music by Curtis Mayfield there he is again Superfly 2018 starring Trevor Jackson Jason Mitchell Michael K Williams Lex Scott Davis Jennifer Morrison Callum K.R. Walker Asai Morales Andrea Londo Brian F. Durkin, Jacob Ming-Trent, and Big Bank Black, directed by Director X, screenplay by Alex Say, and music by John Actley. All right. Reggie, what is your first experience with either film? Um, Let's just say
1: this. I've never seen, at least not in its entirety, the original Superfly. Um, I have seen other, Blaxploitation-era films, uh, just for the audience. Blaxploitation is an Mm -hmm. ethnic subgenre of the exploitation film that emerged in the United States during the early 70s. The films, while popular, suffered backlash for disproportionate numbers of stereotypical film characters. Um, um, Movies like this would be like, uh, let's say like Shaft is a good example. I have a soft spot, like, although (laughs) yes, they aren't necessarily the best portrayal of uh, black people all the time. I've got a soft spot for the movies because like I know why they were popular it's like you're living in like this sort of segregated kind of like racialized world and you've got like this black super guy (laughs) that can like do anything and like will like tell a white guy to fuck off you know like it's a it's a pretty cool um genre like again superfly for me because he's not even I mean he is but he's not like for some reason I had like a pimp movie in my head. Right. <laughs> and um he is a pimp sometimes, but like he's mostly not. So that was a that was a shock. Like even when you look at the uh the cover of the movie, like mm-hmm. it right. seems like you know, the big hat, the big first, like, okay, this guy's gonna be like uh out pimping. <laughs> 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 so um I was actually surprised as we watched the content, uh, what the subject matter was. That's a long-winded. <laughs> I've never seen the movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and then the remake, same thing. Um, never seen it. I was familiar, of course, with black exploitation genre and Superfly. Um, so when I saw like the trailer, I guess it was around 2018. I was like, huh, it looks like they may have actually tried. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, it was on my radar, but it's just something i would never seen.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I had never seen it either. And just like you, I didn't really know what it was about. Like I'd heard Superfly. I was most familiar with uh, Curtis Mayfield and then that, that song Pusher. I just know that song. I think I, I first heard it in Cable Guy. because <laughs> It's in that movie for some reason. But um, just, uh, you know, an iconic song. So um, I just knew it was in this movie. I didn't know if he was a good guy or a bad guy in the Superfly. I, like, I thought he was a cop. I think I was mixing it up with Shaft. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing. Um, I was like, oh, this guy's a drug dealer. Okay, so um, they're on, on that side of the story. So, yeah, I had no idea um, what this movie was about. And I didn't even know there was a remake until you suggested it. <laughs> so um was not on my radar very much. Yeah,
1: it's funny. Like, when you said uh... – I was like, oh I thought it was kinda of like Shaft I was like that's kind of the point. Like it's supposed to yeah. blend
0: and be familiar in that genre and um we were discussing beforehand how we were confused about like is this the same director as the director of Shaft? Because it's Gordon Parks directed Shaft and then Gordon Parks Jr.'s son actually directed Superfly. So that's that's pretty Because cool. they came out like a year after the like nineteen seventy one when Shaft came out, and this came out the year right after it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, to have like a father and son
1: direct probably two of the most famous black exploitation films mm-hmm. um, that, that's really impressive
0: yeah cool so these films pretty similar um with their plot and, but there's some major differences too though so we got plenty to talk about our comparison but before that let's go over a brief synopsis can Very, i read it okay yeah sure <laughs> young blood priests young cool rich and a cocaine kingpin
1: he decides to tell his partner Eddie that he wants out. Eddie's reluctant at first, but persuaded when Priest mentions one final score to leave them with lots of money. Priest also tells this to his girls, Cynthia and Georgia, with mixed results. In order to get the volume of cocaine they need, Priest plans on getting help from an old accomplice, Scattered, who's reluctant at first. Eventually, Priest and Eddie get the cocaine, and the money starts rolling in. Things are going so well, Eddie questions whether he still wants out or not. Also, one of their guys, Freddy, gets arrested. Freddie spills the beans about Priest, who had somehow stayed off the radar until now. After getting the info, Freddie is killed. The cops find Priest. Priest and Eddie decide to be partners with him. Things start to really pick up, and Priest is no longer sure he can get out. On top of that, his friend Scatter is killed. Priest ultimately decides to make his move. He <laughs> ultimately yeah. able to beat his enemies and get the cops to leave him alone. Priest can now be with Georgia and live their lives free.
0: The end. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Very brief synopsis. I had to really compress some things because something is deviate in the remake from the original. But uh, yeah, if you want to read more of those, man. By all means, if you want to, if you want to write some of them, (laughs) by all (laughs) means. (laughs) Pretty similar plots. A lot of the character names are the same. So thank God, I always like it when that happens. Um so since they are so similar i think the best place to start is our characters and who else to start with and then our main character young blood priest so we have ron o'neill in the original
1: you'll get your money yeah when this ain't the first time for you trick i've had to wait for as long as a month on you for my money are you trying to take advantage of me freddy this time your black ass is going
0: to work and trevor jackson in the remake
1: i want my money <laughs> <laughs> you got a real funny way of asking.
2: What, no question?
0: Youngblood Priest. What are Youngblood. your... Yeah, that's, that's a pretty yeah. badass name, I gotta say. Uh, what were your first impressions of the... I think your first impressions have to
1: be just the look of the character right yep (laughs) superfly is um he's not even superfly which is (laughs) confusing (laughs) young blood priest is um let's start with 1972 right Mm -hmm. uh ron o'neill who in this kind of matters um i mean doesn't matter us but like is a more like a lighter skin african-american guy um you see him basically like you get this like shot panning up (laughs) towards the guy he's like (laughs) I want to I say uh, he's like in silk sheets. You you start to see like the hairy chest. He's got a gold chain with a cross on it. He's got this crazy like slick back, permed hair and stuff like that. <laughs> Dope mustache. And you're like, wait, this guy has a look. What's the first thing he does, Dan? He takes that cross, puts <laughs> a pump of coke on it, and snorts it. With Ripper, but I love her so, love her so. And then you really get more of this character because you zoom out and what's he doing he's in bed with a white woman yep yeah <laughs> it, for the time like that tells you everything you need to know right like the guys um without even knowing anything about him you know he's a lothario right he's out there he's uh, women find him attractive um he's got an eclectic style and he loves cocaine <laughs> <laughs> For a movie that, um, and we'll talk about this, that is actually kind of thin on uh exposition and like character development, um, it's a really smart opening scene, like, you get a, just a lot of visual right there,
0: yeah. A lot you get a lot about that character without really saying much, like, there's nobody you don't have to talk, you just have to look at him and see the surroundings, and you know exactly who he is, like that hair. just his whole like the way he has his sideburns and his mustache he looks like a fucking lion man (laughs) right i was just like this guy looks like a fucking lion it's it's ferocious that look but it's also like pretty and permed at the same time it's it's it's, it catches your eye for sure and it's definitely unique um it's a powerful look that he has and it's definitely memorable it's but see even that
1: thing you said there like the the lion's mane and actually the remake has like reference too right yeah flashy look, but um it it is true, it's like yes, he does focus on his appearance and his looks, like he's like a pretty boy, kind of, but at the same time, like uh one of the first interactions you see is like he gets these uh drug addicts try to rob him, and he like makes quick work of both of them, so like it's this dual persona of like, yes, I care about my clothes and the flash, but like I'll also kick your ass, like yeah. he is the king of the jungle he's he's out there. <laughs> making money getting women and uh if you if you cross him the wrong way this guy can take care of business don't let the perm fool you (laughs) (laughs) it's I I think that's why this character um even this like archetype is so enduring because you know who doesn't want to be the the guy with the nice watch and the nice uh clothes and the women but also like yeah like it's basically a superhero it's kind of cool
0: yeah, he's so confident with his abilities and just what he can do. Like he can look any way he wants. It doesn't matter because he could kick your ass at the end of the day. So it's more than just like a fashion statement. It's just this this confidence that he has in him. Um, it's just what a look, man. Damn. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs>
1: like, uh, it, and you're right. It's
0: it's that super
1: confidence, right? Like you see me <laughs> and don't talk to me, you know. But like it's like I'm inviting people to say something about me. But right. it's like yeah. Okay, I guess you, uh, I guess you haven't heard about Youngblood Priest.
0: Yeah, and And we do, we do see that too in the movie. Like people like see him, like who's this white looking motherfucker over here? And he's like, what did you say to me? He's like, whoa, 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 you don't want to fuck with him. It's like, yeah, he does invite it, and he can back it up. So you know, it's just part of his character.
1: It's great, and you know, not to take away from uh, Trevor Jackson, who's who has to contend with like. A guy like literally, we're we're in the opening <laughs> frame of meeting the character, and me and you have held this conversation for like five <laughs> minutes. Like, he's that striking, you know. Um, I thought what actually made me think about doing this remake was uh, when the trailer for uh, the new Superfly remake came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember seeing like Trevor Jackson's hair, which is more understated, mm-hmm. but it it's still over the top his sides are more shaved and he uh the the kind of perm just kind of sits up top like a almost like a bouffant i guess (laughs) the the term but like um it again not that this really matters but uh for the 1972 movie this would matter he's more like of a dark skinned character Mm -hmm. um so like this element of being like like light or white looking isn't part of this character's uh persona and i think rightfully so because it matters a lot less um in 2018
2: mm-hmm.
1: um he's definitely has a more modernized look like it's it's right. more about um the clothes i would say the clothes and the hair than it is like the man himself like he's got nice like tailored outfits wears chains has nice watches and stuff like that like um yes the hair grabs you but it's not nearly as like pronounced as uh, Ron O'Neill's character who just like, even in the 70s, he's like out of place. (laughs) (laughs) um, Trevor Jackson, I mean, if he changed his hair, like you wouldn't be able to tell him from any other gangster. Right. Um, I think it matters more that Trevor Jackson is flashy because unlike Ron O'Neill's young blood priest, who doesn't mind being seen um trevor jackson's trying to stay more or less unseen right and um i I did find that that sort of conflicted with his uh his appearance but uh, we'll talk about some of the other drug dealers in the movie uh how you know what he is maybe the most understated (laughs) of the bunch
0: uh yeah i thought um what trevor jackson did just going to the the look i thought it was a i thought it worked uh I thought recreating what Ron O'Neal did might have been a bit much. <laughs> yeah. Like you said it's even in the 70s it's just a little bit out of place. Um but still it's like super permed. I'm just going to go for it. Like my hair is kind of like it. Like I could like totally just like make my hair go straight back up like that. Yeah. So like I was watching this my wife is like, "Why do I like his hair?" Oh, cuz it's kind of like your hair. So it's like yeah. I kind of have the Trevor Jackson thing going on if I got a nice perm maybe. Uh, I, I could get my hair just, like, straight up like that. Um, it's 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 still, like, pretty to look at, though. Yeah. It's like, damn, that's some fucking nice hair he's got there. <laughs> so, it's um yeah, it still catches your eye, but it's definitely not as, like, in your face as Ron O'Neill's, like, whole look. Because it's not just his hair. It's just, like, the way his facial hair is set up, too. And then just the, those crazy-ass sideburns on his face. And maybe it just sticks out because he has a lighter complexion, too. Yeah. I think, um, I think
1: that's part of it. Like, um, it's black exploitation, right? He tracks right. as black, like he, right. Yeah. He's a black guy, but mm-hmm. like most black guys don't look like that. <laughs> um, and like we said before, like, um, about that sort of the lines, mane and all that stuff. If you are sort of a, especially at the time, more like light skinned, as it were, there is, um, kind of like this, uh, stereotype persona that like you're softer kind of like, um, you know, you're more white than other people in the struggle, I guess. So uh, that could undermine your character, which is why I think Ron O'Neill has to, like, kind of hit you over the head with, with everything. Whereas, like, Trevor Jackson, you're right. I mean, look, he's it's still, like like you said, it's still a striking look. His hair looks great. Um, you can tell he cares about his appearance. But it's, it's just, like, it's dialed back. And I think it actually is a smart choice because this remake is trying to tell... A bit of a more serious um, mm-hmm. story, I think.
0: That's yeah, I like the dialed back look. Um, that's a really good way to describe it, and I think it's it works. It, like it, like I said, it draws your attention, but it doesn't distract. um Like the original one kind of does. Like I just like staring at his hair the whole time. Like how the fuck is it like just yeah, so right? perfect? <laughs> it's, it's like it doesn't fucking move because <laughs> it's so fucking long in the original. <laughs>
1: What's the other thing, too, like, you would never see this again, but like he's clearly doing his own stunts, too. Like, you see him like <laughs> chasing down a junkie, and he's just, like, his hair is, like, <laughs> swaying in the wind. I'm just like,
2: this guy's gorgeous.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, getting away from the appearance a little bit, too, I think that both films do a really smart job of, uh, like, we mentioned this tough thing. Both films establish that right off of the top, right? Mm-hmm. Um, In the original film, you don't really start with Ronald Neal's character. You start with like these two sort of, uh, I guess, junkies out in the streets. Um, They don't have money, and they're like, "Well, we don't have money. How are we going to get the stuff? You know, how are we going to get coke?" And um, they devise this really stupid plan. If you know who Youngblood Priest is, (laughs) to rob him, and like they they sneak up on him. They got like, uh, (laughs) what was it like? Almost like a bed frame. It was like a post from.
2: Like, yeah, <laughs> like just a,
1: like a, you pull like a table a leg or
0: something, I don't know.
1: Yeah, like a table leg. And like even when he gets rushed and hit over the head with like uh furniture basically, <laughs> he's just like, "Oh, what the fuck?" <laughs> he beats up the one guy in like submission, chases the other guy down, gets his stuff back, does it in front of a I'm assuming this guy's family or something like that. He's like, mm. I don't care. If there's <laughs> women and children here. You, you tried to rob me. <laughs> Take your beating, and the guy kind of throws up. It was a cool effect.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was, I wasn't expecting him to puke after he got his ass kicked, but yeah. okay, I'm sure it makes it more gritty. Why not? Um, like, this,
1: but- is, this is like the dynamic, kind of like hands on approach. And I think that Ron O'Neill's character. Kind of demands that, like him, just kind of making someone back down. Eh, you know that right. would have been effective, but like actually kicking some ass this early is like, all right, we've established you're the man. Like we didn't know before, we know now. <laughs> um, Trevor Jackson gets a scenario that again, it's more like laid back. He he goes to this uh, sort of like secret club party. Um, you see members of what will learn later like Snow Patrol and stuff like that. And uh, he's talking to this rapper clearly who owes him money. And he's like, hey man, I need to talk to you kind of privately, um, if you don't mind. And the rapper's Mm -hmm. like, nah man, fuck that. (laughs) It's like, we can do this right now. And I mean, you get this cool like um, interaction where the rapper's kind of like muscle comes up and they are like, oh, Mm -hmm. do we have a problem? They show their guns. It's like, Mm -hmm. aren't you supposed to be in church? <laughs> <Two months. laughs> your grandma know you're down here? It's like, oh man, and you, you got an ankle monitor, like you're not supposed to be carrying a firearm. And like he disarms them with the knowledge of like mm-hmm. it's like, hey bro, I know these streets. Right. I know who you are. I know who you are. And if anything happens to me, it's gonna be a problem for everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh he even when he talks to rappers, he's like, Look, man, like what are you doing, man? Like <laughs> uh You're doing videos, you got cars, but I don't have my money. So what are you going to do? And he basically works out a deal where he's taking a cut of the guy's money. It's a really effective scene as well because Mm -hmm. we immediately see he'll go to someone else's basically home turf. He's in that guy's club basically or house, warehouse, whatever it was. Um, He turns off that guy's um, music of his car Mm -hmm. and he says, matter of fact, (laughs) uh, (laughs) I have my money. I'm going to take your car. And he's like, not the car. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> yes, the car. <laughs> it, it's a really cool, um, it does, it has the same effect as as uh, beating up the junkies, but it also gives you more insight that he's a cerebral um, character. Mm-hmm. Like he, he doesn't have to use force. He right. can use like his uh, his wit.
0: Yeah, I thought that was a really smart move. I don't know if you've seen Narcos, that series, but it's pretty much um, how you're introduced to Pablo Escobar in that series. Yeah. He's confronted by this army are these soldiers and then he knows everything about like them and their families and he's asking them all these questions and like you know just it's exactly um what priest is doing in this scene he's just like well you're um i know he what does that cross mean to you i know there's that you have that aunt that plays the organ right she's been playing at this same church for like six years and he's just laying out these little bits of information about all their personal lives in this sort of non-threatening way but the, <laughs> if there's a heavy implication of that something bad will happen if anything happens to me right now
2: you still going to church every sunday ain't you, you used to be over at Newburgh. but now your world changes huh and your aunt Cece plays keys there going on six years now wow Hmm. i wonder what you think about you having a four or five by your waist Mm-mm-mm.
0: that he doesn't have to resort to violence immediately that he's able to use his knowledge and just you know take everybody by surprise with what he knows and then they just like okay well this guy's clearly in charge here so um we're just gonna listen to what he has to say right um right. you know it's a nice contrast from what you get in the original which is oh uh, you know it's a long chase of uh, <laughs> priest a- priest <laughs> is chasing that one guy for a long time like it, it was so long at one point i'm like i don't think he's ever gonna catch this guy, oh, that guy um, was be- <laughs> <laughs> yeah they were like going like just running up the streets, climbing up ladders, going over fences. It was, just, it was it was a long chase. You know, they did what they could um, in the 70s. Um, but, yeah, it was, it's it's nice to see someone just, you know, not resorting to violence immediately. So it was a strong introduction, I thought, in the remake.
1: Actually, as you were saying that, I was thinking, uh, this is a weird aside, but, like, uh, in the show, Dexter's Lab, there's a character called Action Hank. Okay. <laughs> it's, like, basically the same thing. Like, he does these, like, cheesy, like, um... 70s style chase scenes and stuff like that, and it's like that character is such a trope. You know? And <laughs> just like you said, it like why is he chasing him for that long? Like, no, <laughs> but you know, it, it worked. <laughs> yeah. But I, I I found that um in terms of storytelling, the remake is very effective, as you mentioned in this sort of knowledge is power right. element. Like we don't need to see him brandish his his gun, right? He just has to tell you that you know who i am and in case you forgot i know exactly what's going on in these streets And it's uh it's really effective and you get this cool little uh drive down the hill the Superfly logo he's in the car and Mm -hmm. it's just like all right (laughs) young blood priest
0: (laughs) (laughs) and it's cool because they bring it back later i'm sure we'll talk about it um when we talk about the mexican cartel but you know it's not just a thing he does one time he does it a couple times in the movie so smart way to go with this remake i don't know where else but i just want to mention that they're both trained in karate <laughs> um yes <Yeah. because laughs> going back to the action um, i'll start with the remake first because it's a little oh, bit yeah. easier um he goes to see scatter we'll talk about him but then but he does a little sparring with them so you know you get a little bit of that like me okay this guy has like some martial arts Uh, background but then the original (laughs) this is you get superfly all in karate gi and then they're just this is um 1972 when this came out so this is a year before enter the dragon would come out and like just explode and karate be everywhere so superfly a little bit ahead of the curve here uh, with the karate it's pretty cool um the choreography is a little (laughs) you could see them pulling their punches not exactly connecting but um you know for a movie that came out before enter the dragon you gotta give it props that's what's interesting about sort of
1: the black exploitation genre is because yes it is centered around black people but like they're pulling elements from all these different things like uh karate got popular like like you mentioned everywhere it literally exploded on the scene and like there's plenty of um examples of like Black kung fu movies um, and you know, um, the the Wu-Tang Clan is a great example of like that sort of mashing of those two sort of cultures. And um, like you said, Superfly, head head of the game, one of the first ones, they're they're (laughs) sitting in their geese and they're doing bad throws and (laughs) pulling punches. But no, it's it's a great development um, in terms of backstory because that's how he's able to kick people's asses, like trains
0: we're mm-hmm. um, gonna get a nice fight scene at the end of that original movie <laughs> boy, boy
1: do we like you said the remake i i appreciate that it's grounded in a little bit more um realism uh you know there is like the striking element of the martial arts but like it seems they're primarily kind of like a jujitsu based uh um they're martial arts right um and you even get some insight i know we haven't talked about scatter really yet but like you get some insight because uh Scatter, who was a mentor of Young Bloods, is saying, hey bro, why do you think I wear a brown belt? And he explains it mm-hmm. like, sure, I could wear a black belt, but everyone's gonna try me, mm-hmm. right? They're gonna test me. I'm trying to keep a low profile. And it's like, okay, in this moment, you, you get why they um, can fight, but you also get more of their rationale behind how they've mm-hmm. approached uh, their illicit business. And um, it's, a, it's a very effective scene that um, works Better because I think uh, one martial arts has just uh, advanced so much in the <laughs> '70s, but uh, two because not only do you get why he can fight, you also get a little
0: more uh, exposition and background. Right. Yeah, you get the character motivations here. You'll learn more that uh, young blood priest I was sort of mentored by Scatter a lot, and then you'll see a lot of sort of Scatters like the sort of what he follows is a lot of the stuff that Priest follows as well. So right um yeah you get that backstory in addition to just sort of their physical prowess and just how capable i guess both of them are but ultimately how priest is able to fight right. Right. yeah
2: and,
1: you know it's uh in the original film it's kind of more of a sort of like a one-off like there's not really a tie of like the karate instructor isn't some sort of like a major right. influence uh, yeah. he's really just there to <laughs> be a sparring partner so mm-hmm. um yeah, the remake makes choices like this throughout, where they um, take elements from the original, um, as remakes should. <laughs> and but like they kind of streamline that process, and I thought that was a very smart choice.
0: I know we were talking about other characters, but before we move on, I do want to talk about our main characters' relationships. Okay. Good to know about a man by knowing his woman and uh, or women, I should say. So I think that's a, a key difference between these two priests. So um, in the original, he's in a relationship with Georgia and Cynthia. Georgia's played by Sheila Frazier.
2: Just to be free. And will that make you happy?
0: I don't know. And Cynthia's played by Polly Niles.
2: Are you coming back soon, priest?
0: And Georgia is Lex Scott Davis in the remake. Come work with me already. I already work for you, so. And Cynthia is Andrea Londo. Chen, Cynthia. what's up? Now, he's in a relationship with both these women in both movies, but there's one major difference. Um, the remake, it seems like a polyamorous relationship, where all three of them are in it together, as opposed to the original, where he's mostly with Georgia and seeing this other Cynthia as sort of like a side chick, I guess. Yeah. Yeah,
1: this, this remake introduces sort of thruple element. Um, there, there is even like a sort of a humorous moment where uh, Cynthia is kind of like smoking. She's like, oh, if you guys don't have like, I guess like the emotional, um, whatever, like fortitude for this relationship, just let me know. It's like, wait, we're, we're not talking about that right now. Cynthia, I understand better than the both of y'all. Okay, the shit that we're going through now, that's what happens when you grow.
2: You either have the heart for it or you don't. We're going to weather the storm.
0: I thought there was a funny scene where, like, they're arguing, like, all three of them, sort of, but then the two girls start arguing with each other, and then he's like, hey, shut up, and then they both start just yelling at him. And he's like, oh, fuck, what did I do? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, It's a bit conflicting, right? Like, the element of I'm keeping a low profile, but also I have permed my hair, and I'm in the fucking... <laughs> uh, I learned this term watching HDTV, so uh, forgive me, but thruckle. It's like I'm in, I'm in this, like, threesome scenario. It's just like, well, that's not very incognito. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Uh, by bringing the two women together, we do get um, sort of more comedic elements out of, out of uh, the relationship. And we also get um, more of this sort of juxtaposition for the Georgia character in the, the remake. Like, they both have their own personalities. Cynthia's more kind of like fun-loving. She can handle her own, but she's... Um... There's a reason why George is kind of like the main girl in the, right. in the original, in a remake, and it's because mm-hmm. she, um, she just handles more business, right? Like she helps run the uh, the gallery front. Um, she, you see more times of her and a Young Blood Priest strategizing together. Right. You don't really see that with Cynthia. Yeah. In the original, like, yes, George is clearly like, I would say like higher up in his hierarchy, but like, I think Cynthia holds uh, almost as much weight. The only problem is that like, he doesn't care about <laughs> ultimately like uh there's no love there so georgia is his main girl and uh it, it creates a different dynamic like you mentioned
0: i think because in the remake we get one-on-one moments with uh priest and georgia we don't really get that um with priest and cynthia so that's why it seems like georgia's kind of the main one but um just addressing the whole polyamorous relationship thing i think that's sort of a smart move i mean it's it's a more definitely a more modern approach to relationships what that also does is it um it gives georgia and cynthia a little more agency because they're not being cheated on like let's say george is the main girl in the Mm -hmm. original and then well he's cheating on her the whole time with cynthia and do the two girls know about each other or is it just you know he's just cheating on both of them we never really told um outright but at least in this case in the remake it's like all three are in on it together so they're all equal partners nobody's cheating on each other so that's you know if you're going to be the the main character in a movie called superfly you feel like he wouldn't have to be like sneaking around and like cheating on his women like he's just like no this is this type of relationship i want you're either in or you're out and well they were on board so um he doesn't have to be this sneaky cheater behind their backs which i think is just better as a character trait
1: yeah, I think it's a better character trait. I mean, like in the 70s like uh like we mentioned with black exploitation films, like they're not really trying to build like I guess moral characters, right? Like um by any stretch of the imagination. So sort of him being a cheater um is in some re- weird roundabout way a character plus <laughs> trait in the 70s movie where in 2018 it would not be like it would undermine his character mm-hmm. and you're right by not having to hide what he's doing i mean there's nothing to hide right like they're right. all in a consensual relationship so that is a really nice touch um it lends for some interesting like dynamics like you mentioned with the arguments and stuff like that but also in their business although they're in a relationship they're also part of this business like they're right. bringing in money to right the group as it were so it's a, no, it's a really cool dynamic, and um, we get to see um, the women in action, too. Like, right, uh, yeah. Like, Georgia gets time to, again, plan. Like, she's really the one going and affecting different deals and stuff like that that are going to help him get out of the game. Like, mm-hmm. uh, there's an element about Montenegro, and she goes to Montenegro for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or the consulate of Montenegro, which is in, who knows where that is, but uh, <laughs> She's the type of woman that you hand the briefcase and you know, she's going to bring back the money, right? Like, um, Cynthia is like, Oh, we're getting shot at. Well, let me go get my gun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she was like yeah, fucking you know.
1: Scarface up there. Just blasted <laughs> away.
2: <laughs>
1: so like, um, there was a line in one of the club scenes where they're like, Oh, um, uh, George's like well I worry about Cynthia being out there like that and he's like no no Cynthia can handle her own right and clearly she can yeah <laughs> um, no it it works way better like uh mm-hmm. I found that in the original it was kind of hard to um follow George's storyline I mean it was easy because it's not that complicated but like right. I think by introducing Cynthia first it sort of undermined Georgia yeah and they kind of had to like kind of reverse out of that relationship to make the other one stick. And um I think really the only reason that he's not like with her is really because she's white, you know? Like it's <laughs> the, in the exploitation movie, um, again, in, in like this sort of class reversal um, of the times, uh, the black woman was in a higher kind of like relationship structure than this random sort of side piece white chick doesn't really work in 2018 so
0: i'm glad they switched it up yeah i'm sure we'll talk more about those characters as we get into other people in these movies one
1: last little note i make about young blood priest not that it really matters but uh uh like i mentioned before um in the original he's also a pimp or kind of right like he'll He'll send people's wives to go walk down Ho Alley or whatever, <laughs> which is crazy. Oh, you don't get me my money tonight. I'm going to put that young girl of yours out on horse road. The original does not take as much care about the morality of their character. So I just wanted to kind of highlight that that's part of his business. And it's clearly not part of um, Youngblood Priest's business in the remake. Um, small note, but I think important to note that there is just that reinforce uh morality that they're trying to give this uh right. drug dealer in the remake
0: yeah i wasn't sure about that um in the original because he mentions it he's like i'll put your wife out there uh, to make money if you can And it's like whoa shit that's the only time it's like ever brought up though it's it's never brought up again later in the movie i guess because they just get so heavily into the drug game at that point yeah. but um yeah I, w- I wasn't sure just how much into like i guess prostitution he was in the original just because it's only brought up that one time as sort of as a threat um to to make sure he gets money made it's aggressive (laughs) (laughs) it's very aggressive all right so let's go on to scatter here in the original he's portrayed by julius w harris why do you come to me with all this shit after all i've done for you i didn't told you i'm getting out of this business and in the remake it's michael k williams what color belt am i in jujitsu black
2: that's right you ain't never seen me wear no belt do you and if it is it's brown you want to know why because people respect me but they leave me be
0: omar from the from the office from the wire (laughs) omar from from the office office. you remember that
1: (laughs) yeah i don't think you can
0: bring your shotgun to the office (laughs) (laughs) um so pretty different portrayals here yeah um with our scatter character um i'm sure we want to start
1: I'll start with this uh Michael k. Williams, who's a fantastic actor. Um, let's just start there mm-hmm. The way he's introduced in Sta out the movie is better <laughs> like, like full stop just he's he's uh his career makes more sense, right? like uh his front being the martial arts gym uh works very well into the plot mm-hmm. um when you're looking at scatter. In the original, Julius W. Harris, who's kind of like, I guess he owns this restaurant, club type of thing. He's wearing like chef's gear. It's not really connected to the game. So it feels like he's very much, uh, like he described, already out of the game. Um, I'm not sure why he's like a chef or anything like that. (laughs) And part of the reason is because it doesn't factor
0: into the plot. But um, his club can get Curtis Mayfield, so he's definitely up there. Pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, I guess in a way, it actually
1: does fit the plot, because if we can get Curtis Mayfield in this movie. Because like, yeah. uh, that song just kicks so much ass, dude.
0: Yeah. Like, uh, it's kicked so much ass, they use it a few times. I
1: think I would say, like, Scatter, the original tells you sort of elements about their backstory and, like, coming mm-hmm. up on the streets and trusting him. Youngblood Priest knows in the original that Scatter's going to help him because it's almost like this uh, familial relationship at this point. He's like, Scatter, trust me, even though we don't really get to see how that came to be, right? right. Versus the remake where it's almost like a father-son relationship, this Michael K. Williams, um, yeah. Scatter. But he also, like as much as he trusts Priest, he keeps him at, at a distance. He doesn't actually help him yeah. <laughs> get what he's looking for. And he's like, you know, don't forget I'm kind of like the head honcho. So there's this, this kind of like friendship, brotherhood, maybe father-son relationship, but there's also their adversaries. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it's like you, you can't infringe on my territory.
0: And it's justified his a sort of um, not wanting to help because he knows if I help you, then I'm pretty much out. <laughs> and it's exactly what happens because he goes around scatters or goes behind scatters back and sort of just gets him out of the game. Yeah, so Scatter helps him in the original, helps him get like this specific amount, like this 30k. 30, 30 kilos. 30 kilos, yeah, 30 kilos. Um, and then we don't really hear from Scatter too much after that until he kind of comes back right before he's sort of killed, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of random, right? Like uh, Scatter actually helps him, introduces him. He has like a small amount of Wait, I think he had 10 keys originally that he could help him with. And then the introduction was sort of made to the uh, the plug, as it were, like the source mm-hmm. of drugs. Um, and then you're right, towards the end, we get scattered kind of like frantic because he knows that like this connection that uh, I'm not really describing yet um, is not going to let him out of the game. Right. So he's paranoid about that. And again, justified. Um, so in both scenarios, scatter recognizes that he should be paranoid about his, um, sort of interactions. Um, like you mentioned in the remake, he's very much justified, uh, and he's not ready to retire either right. versus this original scatter who's like, I'm done. Right. <laughs> Do yeah. not Bring me back into this. <laughs> I'd rather not. It's just a different relationship, right? Like, um, that original scatter, I talked about sort of like the father-son relationship. He's like, look, I know this isn't a good idea, but here's what you're looking for if it's going to get you out of the game. And the remake guy's like, you're not going to retire me. So um, it's a completely different
0: relationship. Yeah. So Priest has to go behind Scatter's back in the remake. This sort of pushes Scatter out. And, well, he's not too happy about that because, he, like you said, he, he doesn't want to get forced out. He wants to kind of end things on his own terms. So he goes back to his connection to sort of turn on Priest and he thinks that, okay, this is pretty much going to end Priest, but it actually backfires on him, because Scatter wasn't necessarily on the up and up. Apparently he was stealing from his connection. So instead right. of Priest getting killed, Scatter gets killed. And um, it's just a different way of that he was killed because in the original, it's just like, it's, it's almost random. Like the cops were just like, alright, we don't need you anymore, so we're just going to make you OD and now you're out of here. But Scatter never betrayed priest in the original film like he pretty much did in the remake yeah it's it's uh it's kind of like conflicting they do this sort of double betrayal right
1: like
2: because
1: mm-hmm. uh you're establishing all these sort of as much as you can for his occupation you're establishing all these positive traits about young blood Priest in the remake uh like we mentioned he's more cerebral he's not prone to violence and stuff like that but you immediately have him kind of like going <laughs> yeah, right. behind his old friend and it's just like well that's not because again, in the context of the original, it's like, well, Youngblood Priest wouldn't do that. He's always, <laughs> he always takes care of his buddies, except for the ones that don't pay him money. And he'll hold your wife out, <laughs> um, but that's different. That's business. Uh, this is friendship, and um, I thought it was strange, right? Um, right. For him to go against someone because it really undermines his character in the sense that, like, you've created a dangerous situation for yourself but i guess he's so desperate to get out of the game that he's willing to go there and ultimately because of what we learned about scatter he's sort of vindicated in the sense that uh, yeah scatter's been skimming money so he, he you know although he didn't do that directly to young blood priest he's not a trustworthy character so
0: yeah, so he got what was coming to him. Yeah, I, right. I was really kind of shoehorned in there. Like, oh, yeah, by the way, he was stealing from me, so it's okay that I killed him. Okay, so it's okay <laughs> that I sort of betrayed my mentor who brought me into right. this world just uh, to get out as quick as it's, I could. Yeah, it's, right. it's definitely uh, not as clean as it was. It, in it, was,
1: it was a little fuzzy because uh, yeah. Scatter basically has not dead to rights. He's like, yeah. this guy uh-huh. is trying to get out of the game. He doesn't want to sell mm-hmm. drugs to you anymore. And the guy was like, well, um, I don't know about that, but I do know.
0: <laughs> Even Robney was like, oh, I didn't think we were going that direction. Yeah, I was like, oh, shit, you just shot Scatter right there. Um, so yeah, it's just, it just I guess it just feels a little bit forced, like let's make Scatter look a little bit bad to, don't pay attention to what Priest did to Scatter, just focus on how yeah, shitty Scatter is right now in the remake. So yeah, they kind of did uh, kind of them a little bit more dirty in the remake. They did, sure. They did. Yeah. But yeah, I find it, more like, a little more tragic, um, especially how he dies in the original, because he just, he wanted out, like you said. He was done. I'm just going to do my friend a favor. I'm done. Now I'm fucking paranoid as fuck, because I think they want me gone. They don't want, they don't need me anymore, so I think they're just going to kill me randomly. Here's a folder with yeah. information. In it. <laughs> do something with it, because I think something's going to happen to me. So it's a lot more tragic, because he didn't want in. He was just doing his friend a favor, and then he just gets killed because they just decided we don't need him anymore
1: yeah it's it's one of those things where like um at least the way the original writes itself so he did it he was out right it was over <laughs> you know and then young blood was like he wanted a taste of that life himself and um it is more tragic because he despite his better judgment said you know what you're my friend right i'm gonna help you and what did it get him you know it got him murdered <laughs> in the streets, like, he just became a statistic. They, like, forced him to OD, which is even, yeah. again, in that sense, that's very tragic, too, because it's like, yeah. who's gonna believe this random guy wasn't a junkie? So it's right. like, it's such an unceremonious end for a character, out of all the characters in your movie that has probably the closest thing to a moral center that we can find, yeah, f- for a character that's not in the movie nearly as much as we see in, like, the remake, for instance, Right. it is, yeah, it's kind of sad, you know? But um what both of those characters do in their deaths is they raise the stakes. Right. And you know, the stakes were already pretty high in the remake because there's so many different elements that we'll get to. Um, but that was when Youngblood realized, like, oh, there's no escape um in, in the remake. You know, he kind of knew early on in the original that like by doing a deal with uh the connect that he was already like, going to have to figure out how to get out of this. And then once Scatter died, he was like, well, I'm going to have to (laughs) speed this plan up because I'm next. It's also tragic because Scatter, you know, has only done two things for him uh, in this movie. He's given him the supplies to get out and he's given him this file to get out. So like all he's done is help Youngblood Priest and Youngblood really kind of left him out to dry. So I didn't like that about the original. I didn't really like the betrayal in the remake, but I think some of that was residual from who Scatter was in the original.
0: I I was just wondering like why in the original, why Scatter had all this information about the connect and didn't do it. Didn't do anything with it either. Like how long had he had it for? Did he just get it? And that's why he didn't act on it. Like as soon as, uh, priest god he's like i know what i'm fucking doing with this <laughs> i'm fucking getting some hitmen <laughs> and <laughs> make sure my ass is covered because <laughs> right. for some reason Scatter's just like oh, i got all the information no i don't know what to do with it here you go i'm gonna go od <laughs> yeah, yeah so yeah. It's, it's a little weird uh it, i mean it just doesn't seem as tight <laughs> or nah, just, yeah so um it's McGuffin. <laughs> other than that um it, yeah tragic character pretty much all around because <laughs> he just gets fucked in both movies yeah, yeah.
1: No good deed. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know? yeah. He he listens. He, he helps his friend. He gets fucking killed. He doesn't help his friend. He gets fucking killed. <laughs> it's like he can't. Scatter can't win in any version of this movie. Yeah,
1: because going back to the remake for just a second on his character, you they almost play him like a sympathetic character because like you get kind of like the sad, oh, my drug dealer didn't show up. He's looking at his phone. Like, <laughs> they're, they're playing him like Yeah, they're
0: this, ghosting. He's getting ghosted. Yeah. Just looking at the phone, like, clicking ignore. Yeah, because <laughs> you could have played like, because everybody hurts. <laughs>
1: like, Play that in the background. And then like, uh, again, both films don't do a, a clean job of making the scatter story arc complete. Um because the, the turn on the dime he's been stealing is yeah. weak and undermines the character. Yeah. Here's a file. Bye. <laughs> yeah.
0: that's, that's pretty weak too. Yeah. So he's got some good things and some flaws in both movies. So totally. uh, not say that. So. Um,
1: but, um overall, like um, you know, we don't we don't necessarily do this every time, but like I prefer. Obviously, the scatter in the remake, he's just more fleshed out, um, better actor overall. Um, it just it it makes more sense for the story, his existence. Um, in the original, he's just not in the movie enough, you know. Um, which is what makes it so sad for us, because like all we see is this good stuff, but like, you know, we don't really know anything about scatter. Like they they could have had him not die, and you <laughs> got the same movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh... The Michael K. Williams scatter in the remake—it's just a lot more competent, you know. Like we were, we were joking, he's getting ghosted by his connect, but you know he found his connect and he brought him here. And it yeah. seems like everything was going to go to shit for Priest, but this bullshit thing about all he was stealing from me—that's comes yeah. out of nowhere. And that's—I'm gonna say that's more bad writing <laughs> than uh, so. scatter. So there, um,
1: there was a yeah. different way to do that.
0: Yeah, um, definitely. Because there was like, no sign that he had been doing anything sort of like that like he just seemed like this really competent like kind of like i guess on the up and up <laughs> of a life of crimes you can be like pretty straightforward like he didn't seem like um someone who's like deceiving or stealing or right or, i
1: think that that scene works like uh because like it would have fit more in line with the original too which is like oh yeah i know scatter scatter was right i know that you're trying to get out but like this is to show you <laughs> that you can't <laughs> get out um yeah, And it still makes sense because, like, look, if I had to choose between you or Scatter, I'm picking you because I'm earning triple the income. Exactly. Know that you work for me, and this is your fate. It, it works a little bit better than, like you said, it is kind of bad writing to be like, he's been skimming from me for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like, uh,
2: mm,
1: as he, especially considering, and uh, we'll get into this, this remake has a lot more threads. Yes. <laughs> <that> it, <laughs> Uh, that it, it has to kind of tie up uh, before it's all said and done. A lot of and threads. <laughs> a lot of threads. So let's, uh, let's start getting into some of those with uh, our partner.
0: We'll move on, yes. To the partner, Eddie, portrayed by Carl Lee in the original. Are you going to give all this up?
2: Eight-track stereo, color TV in every room, and can
0: snort a half a piece of dope every day. It's the American dream. And Jason Mitchell in the remake. If you didn't want to expand, I would have never gave him the fucking brick. He wanted to get put on, there's no coming back from that. Now we in the bed with the fucking police forever. Introduced the same way in both films, there's a little gambling there.
1: Like you said, with uh, the Dice game, is pretty much the same. I mean, I feel like in the original, it's more th- this sort of push to get out of the game is just more apparent even from this intro to these two characters. He's like, here's my plan. Here's what we're going to do. And Eddie's like, come on, man, look at all this, uh, <laughs> this box with the dice and the money. <laughs> 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 you want to give this up? Uh, you get him, like Sammy Davis uh, vibes. like. Uh,
0: actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> In the original. I like this sure. look.
1: He was like, Youngblood Priest is like the paranoid version of Eddie at this point. He's like, he's like, dude, this is not safe anymore. And Eddie's like, how could we ever think to do anything <laughs> other than uh, sell drugs and um, it's just like he's—he's he's a bit of a reckless character in the original film. In the remake, yes, he still kind of has that more like brash. I'm like all in on the game um, persona, but just like we talked about the difference between Scatter and this, we kind of flip betrayal. Betrayals, right, right? yeah. Like, yep. Scatter is the betrayer in um, the remake versus right. this Eddie character in the original
0: yeah that that's the main difference um and they if you've seen the original and you're watching the remake you think that he's still going to betray him because there's a lot of things that eddie does that were not okayed by priest um the Mm -hmm. one thing the hit on the snow patrol which we'll get into (laughs) um that was just totally eddie he's like oh you're my brother man they come after you the same as coming after me this is what i would do so like you know Eddie kind of starts a war, <laughs> right. so you know, um, and you think that this rift that's growing between them is just going to keep going. Because you're like, oh, I saw the original where he would trade him at the end. I mean, they, um, they actually like come to blows.
1: Like, a, yeah, he, yeah
0: I, thought he, I thought he, I thought he kills him when he was choking him out. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, he's actually yeah. going to kill him this time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, but no, he just choked him out. And uh, yeah, they, they really mislead you because he ultimately does um join. Oh, we'll get more into it when we talk about Snow Patrol, but yeah. then he doesn't. He was always on Team Priest the whole time, as opposed to the Eddie in the original, who's you know, you could see him kind of getting more reluctant to like, oh, I don't know if I want to leave now. We got this sweet connect, and we're totally like invincible, nobody can touch us now. It doesn't really make sense that we'd want to pull out, and then like. <laughs> fucking clockwork as soon as fucking priest gets his money is cut he's already on the phone like oh he fucking left uh get him it's like yeah, jesus yeah. eddie you're gonna give your fucking partner where you fucking built this empire with like just like five minutes you're gonna be on the phone right away what a fucking piece of shit yeah yeah
1: and that's the thing like this eddie in the original um there's not really a point in the movie where he feels like like a good partner, right? Like, <laughs> priest comes in, he's like, I got this plan. And, you know, I get Eddie's motivation. because, like, why? <laughs> this this is it. Like, he's been a, like a street kid his whole life. He's been like, this is how he's made his money. Why would he get out when he's on top? Like, that doesn't, like, you've been on the bottom so long. It's yeah. like, I'm, I'm, I have no intention of retiring. And, you know, Youngblood Priest should probably have just listened to him because the entire is just like, I don't want to get out. <laughs> and they start making more money. I really don't want to get out. <laughs> By the end, he's like, has to physically watch him take the money out of his safe and be like, I don't want any funny business. <laughs> I'll be watching every, you
0: every minute. <laughs> every
1: minute. Fill it. Why don't you fill it? Because I want to keep my eye on you every minute, Eddie. And he's just this reluctant, like "Ah, uh (laughs) ten thousand, twenty (laughs) thousand. Um, but you're right, like he just dimes this guy out so quickly, it's 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 hilarious.
0: Yeah. Or he has to have his fucking plan like go in motion right away. Because even in the fucking elevator before he leaves the building, it's already going But we'll get into that. I think that part of it is that
1: um in the original, like Youngblood Priest is sort of the only person, I guess besides Scatter who not that influential in the film, who understands the danger that he's in. Like, when they do make the connection, he's like, we got a connection and police protection? He's like, no, they own us now. (laughs) Like, this sucks. Like, Mm -hmm. Eddie just doesn't see it that way at all. Um,
0: But Eddie does have an interesting point of view, too, because he's like, after Scatter gets killed, he's like, you know, they just killed him because they they used him up. They didn't need him anymore. He's like, fine. I'm fine going out that way, as long as they don't come after me for a long time. But he kind of just you know gave into his fate. like look they're gonna kill me one day but i'm gonna fucking have a lot of money and spend it the way i want for a very long time and then they could yeah they could just throw me away when i'm done i thought that was an interesting conversation they had and i was like no, okay. okay he's resigned to his fate okay <laughs> totally because i mean if you think about it like that
1: is ultimately it's a known risk of the business like the reason priest wants to get out yeah, right because a junkie hit him over the head but eddie's like yeah i mean like we sell drugs that <laughs> every single person we've ever known <laughs> ever and it's like um he wanted his time in the sun like you said he wanted to bask in it and um you know ultimately if your fate is it's it's horrific but like your fate is oh i one day i'm walking out you just hit me with a needle is that really the worst fate for um uh someone that's lived this lifestyle i mean there's way more horrific ways to go out so i think you're right like eddie is like even though I'm saying he doesn't get it. Like, no, he gets it more than anybody. It's like, yeah, of course that's what's gonna happen. Um, and Priest is the one that's trying to like get out of this gravity of the situation. He's he's a person trying to do this almost like Cinderella story of like mm-hmm. getting out of the street game. It's like I think to to your point, Eddie's kinda right. Like, how how do you escape this life?
0: Yeah, it's it's tough to really pick between I, I, the two of them. I mean, I feel like do you I like feel the Eddie it. that betrays him? Do you like the one that doesn't? I
1: don't like that Eddie betrayed him, but I felt like even though um the character is very straightforward in the original, um I felt that he just seemed closer. I don't know, he just seemed to kind of matter a little bit more. Um like in the remake, I don't I know he's in the movie quite a bit, but like I don't really remember they're, they're, like, constantly kind of disagreeing with each other. And mm-hmm. it sort of undermines Eddie in the remake uh, when he gets his ass kicked. It's not like he puts up a really good fight. Um, he's, like, a foot taller than Eddie, too. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what I think it is, actually? Um, Georgia feels more like his partner than Eddie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Eddie is – he's there. He's, he's ride or die with him, clearly, mm-hmm. based on the result. I do like that he sticks with him and he um sort of um you know he plays with our expectations of what Eddie might do but like I just didn't feel like he was an enduring character in his remake I don't know why just the, the actor well not the actor but the character didn't stick with me as much um I just felt like he didn't do as much even with the uh the reversal towards the end
0: yeah I, th- I agree with you yeah he's because they have more scenes together in the remake but yeah just um i think it's just because there's other characters and i think because they did kind of raise george's importance in the remake yeah like mm. she's definitely more like he's plotting more with her i think right. um than he is with eddie and you know he has some kind of nice moments with eddie they at the shooting range and just oh, having yeah. some moments together he's like what you want a fucking hug here's a fucking hug. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> um so you know they have moments but yeah it is I guess it's just a little undermined because of just how important Georgia is Yeah,
1: the remake. It's like Georgia's important. They scheme together, and Eddie, yeah. like like I said, he's basically undermined the entire time because every argument he makes, right. Youngblood is like, no. Mm-hmm. Um, even when they go to, like, Mexico to, like, the cartel, Eddie's like, I don't know why we're doing this. I don't know why we're doing this. And Youngblood's right. like, bro, come on. It's me. I got a plan. So, like, he just he mm-hmm. takes a lot of the oxygen out of the room and Eddie doesn't get right. um that moment to shine. Actually having Eddie betray him would probably sort of raise his profile. Probably,
0: uh, yeah. Because every time Eddie does act, he does something fucking stupid, right? He's gonna right. call the hit on the snow patrol. He's gonna give the brick to Freddie. Every decision he's made without, you know, going over it with Priest has been a major fuck up. Right. <laughs> so this like even though they're supposed to be partners, it definitely feels like junior partner right Um, right. more so in the remake for sure just because he can't seem to do anything right yeah except like um, until the end
1: yeah like there's um again, i know we keep saying his name and we'll get there i we promise (laughs) uh uh, there's an obvious character from the snow patrol who's basically kind of like their version of yeah eddie um and he acts more of like what you would traditionally get from a character like eddie Mm -hmm. so like i said eddie completely subverts our expectations with his loyalty but it also undermines like i mentioned his impact because he doesn't do anything independent of priests that Mm -hmm. furthers uh right you know their their plot or their um you know their business so it's just like he's getting drowned out like you mentioned by other characters
0: yeah i have next freddie there's not really much to go on freddie but um i guess maybe actually maybe yeah we should because actually, especially the way he dies in the remake actually yeah (laughs) um so and here's a character i kept mixing up with eddie (laughs) freddie these two (laughs) fucking guys with their similar sounding names all right so we have eddie um no i just did it again (laughs) (laughs) see i mixed me up um so we have freddie and he's portrayed by charles mcgregor in the original.
2: Priest, all I do is sell coke, man. I don't do no violence. I don't mess with no violence. With...
0: And then we have Jacob Ming Trent as Freddy in the remake. I got people in Cashville. They can move whatever the fuck we throw out. You got your lane, Freddie. We don't need these motherfuckers, man. Shut the fuck
2: up, man.
1: Pretty important character in both films. I started with the original because I, I felt, um, even though, like I said, the remake does a good job of fleshing characters out a little bit more. I actually think this is one of the few times where the original is more fleshed out than the remake. Um, uh, we know quite a bit about this Eddie. Um, he Freddie. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: it's, it's hard, man, when the names are too similar. It's so hard. All right. We we know a few things about Freddie, or Fat Freddy, as they, they Fat, call we'll him. We'll just say Fat Freddie. That'll help us. <laughs> yeah, it, it might. It's a little mean, but uh, it'll help remember the character. Um, so, like, this Fat Freddy is opposed to violence like he really really doesn't want to get involved with violence and um he's forced to because he's come up short again with uh young blood's money so it's like look it's either his wife or your wife or your life kind of situation Mm -hmm. so um he's forced to do um more or less like a robbery of a rival sort of a drug dealer in jersey or something like that I don't know how they're rivals in that scenario. But <laughs> <laughs> um, he also has this this uh, violent streak, and maybe that's why he doesn't like violence, because like he's beating a guy half to death in the streets because uh, somebody touched his wife. But that interaction um, creates a scenario where like Freddie gets picked up by the cops, and again, like I've literally probably described a majority of the, <laughs> what he's done in the film already. But uh, by getting picked up by the police, he's put in a situation where it's like, he could do 20 years easily, uh, for, you know, having drugs on him. Cause he's, a, uh, he's just one of priest dealers basically. And he, he gives priests up to the cops. He's like, mm-hmm. look, here's who my, my, uh, boss is. Here's what they're doing, where they stay. So like, he betrays the gang. I mean, he's basically tortured. He's beat up and all that stuff. And that's how they get the information out of him. It's super important because now this cop knows who young blood is. And what we don't know yet as an audience is this is uh the corrupt cop that is also the plug as we as we say so fat freddy who is more or less a minor character becomes a major character because he's set in place the uh the events that will lead um young priest to be indebted to corrupt cops in the remake this is a little bit harder <laughs> to navigate but um we get a situation uh as you mentioned the snow patrol which will be talked about <laughs> <laughs> coming, um has effectively done something really um stupid like they've uh they shot a young woman that an innocent bystander and freddie is affected to do the hit so he doesn't have that same aversion right. to violence <laughs> in this remake um let me show you this I'm working on this for you too, bro, you know what I'm saying? I don't do all that kung fu shit. I'm a real man, you feel me? A- Which again, sets in, in motion a couple of events in the film. One, uh, the Snow Patrol that we'll discuss uh, is now mad at Youngblood's group because of Freddy's hit. And also, Freddy, uh, I'm trying to remember the exact circumstances of, uh, of the hit, but he gets hit in the, uh, the remake. Are you able to kind
0: of... How the cops get him?
1: Yeah, I, I kinda um,
0: Oh it's yeah, it's intense. We'll... It's 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 intense. Well, first of all, there was a party at Priest's house and Freddie brought his side piece there, and his wife, I'm assuming, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, finds him there and then uh, the wife and the side piece just start going at it. Madness it's party. Okay, sure, whatever. But sure. that leads the wife To go to the snow patrol which we will talk about (laughs) she goes to snow patrol and she goes um so i have his gps and looks like he was here at this time at this location and that maybe looks like he killed your boy and so priest lied to you because this is where he was and so that that's what sets them to go okay we're gonna now we're gonna go to war with priest and his people so you have that hothead who's ready to, to kill freddy But fucking Freddy, you know, he's uh, driving with his side piece, getting some road head. And wouldn't you know it, um, a cop sees him, pulls him over. And this is after Freddy was like talking to Eddie. I got that right. Okay. Um, That he wanted a bigger role. And so Eddie's like, all right, I'll give you a brick. See what you can do with it. And fucking, again, this was without priest knowing. And uh, fucking idiot Freddy got pulled over. And this is the... This is the only part I was laughing at because he got the cop singing uh, Riding. He's (laughs) riding dirty while he's looking through the fucking car like, what a prick. They keep me rolling, they hating, patrolling, they trying to catch me riding dirty, Try to catch me riding dirty. Oh, it was so funny. Um, So he discovers the brick of cocaine, and um, instead of arresting him, like what happened, Um, He gets taken to his partner and then she um, decides, all right, so who's you? I don't, I don't know. I don't care who you are. This is too pure. Who gave this to you? And then Freddie doesn't necessarily give it up, but his side piece does because he's about to get shot and they're like, tell us the names where you get shot. So she's like, oh, it's Eddie and priest. And then the cop's like, what? Mm -hmm. Those two names I did not know before today. So then the cop brings them back to the car the initial cop who stopped him, the the male cop. And then he drops them off. They start to drive away, but he pulls them over again. And then he's like, what the fuck is happening? I can't believe this shit. And the guy's just like, license and registration. He's like, are you fucking serious? He's like, what are you doing with that gun? Put that gun away. He's like, what are you talking about? And then the cop just fucking blows them both away. It was intense. It was a pretty intense scene. Yeah, you get this sort of uh, (laughs) almost like rip from the headlines
1: type of event where it's like dirty cop, um, you know, basically planting false kind of like mm-hmm. evidence on black couple but like it's all just clean up loose ends it's like all right i don't need this guy going back to his guys mm-hmm. and giving them the heads up we uh we're gonna figure out this this priest and eddie thing ourselves and he murders this couple in cold blood yeah and uh you know that's a very in- interesting intro to our, our corrupt cops yes. in this film. again this, this minor character in both films that is more or less they're the spark that uh, begins sort of what could be a priest's downfall. Um, it, it's uh, works a little more convoluted, like you mentioned in the remake, but it works really well uh, into weaving this, this element into the storyline because uh, the remake is doing a lot of heavy lifting for itself by like, there are far, far too many competing interests um, <laughs> depending on who you're asking. Right. Uh, Like like I said before, the original movie is, I went out. You can't get out. I'm going to get drugs from Scatter. All right, thanks, Scatter. Oh, Mm -hmm. no, now these cops want us. Oh, boy, how are we going to get out of this? And, you know, however he does. Mm -hmm. This is like, we got got potentially Eddie because we don't know, right? It's like, I've got potentially Eddie going against me, Snow Patrol, who we'll talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Got the Mexican
0: Uh, cartel, who we haven't gotten to either.
1: (laughs) Corrupt cops. And scatter, <laughs> now you gotta add scatters to the list. So, like, yeah, there's a lot here, and um, mm-hmm. we're kind of like at this point, we're kind of like the midway point in the movie when um, uh, Fat Freddy in both films, right. uh gets caught mm-hmm. in their own way. That's Freddy,
0: <laughs> that's Freddy. Uh, we didn't talk about how he died in the original, um, which is just a random kind of death because he he spills the beans about. Uh, priest and eddie and then i guess they were going to drive him somewhere i don't i don't exactly know because i thought they were already at the police station where they interrogated him but i guess they're taking him to a prison or jail i don't i don't know they say book him so i, I assume they're just going to drive him to jail or something yeah. um but fat freddie tries to make a break for it randomly gets run over by a car and yeah. that's just kind of his demise so you know random deaths like that are never satisfying i guess no. To, no. to say
1: it, it's uh it's again it's that movie's version of like well this character has fit uh it's their narrative purpose and instead of just like not having them in the movie anymore we'll just kill them because like yeah I, don't know, I, I think it's meant to raise the stakes but it, to your point it's kind of random and
0: yeah silly. yeah because it is completely random it doesn't i it for me it didn't feel like it really raised the stakes because it was sort of a random death if the cops had actually killed him that would have made it that um, would have correct yeah. or
1: even if like i mean a movie that was more sort of ambitious with its story may have like made him like some kind of informant or something like that but uh right. that is this uh black exploitation film does not have time for uh unnecessary plot elements <laughs> let's focus on the superfly guy this, this young blood certainly in terms of uh scope and story narrative the um freddy in the remake right it, the stronger character there are elements of the original that i was going to say well i kind of think that he's important but he's really not because they would have met that cop anyway if he if he was the connect the entire time so right. it, it's kind of a pointless um interaction really <laughs> if you think yeah
0: because he the cops are the connect um so it's it's so fucking weird that they had to go this way to get it because they already had the scatter connection at the same it, it, yeah it was a little uh muddy there for me yeah uh, because
1: cause then the cop sort of implies that like i would have found you anyway so it's like all right all right so so this guy is randomly dead for no we reason just killed, We just killed freddie <laughs> yeah freddie got a bad uh he got a bad beat in the original. I mean, in both, clearly. But uh, mm. the the Freddy thing, too, in the remake, which I guess we'll talk about, is Freddy's death mm-hmm. um, elevates this cop to, like, hero cop status. So that's right. a problem mm-hmm. for a priest as well. Um, minor problem, but it is a problem that, like, some of the tactics that maybe he could have used to get rid of, like, a dirty cop are off the shelf because he was attacked by Freddy in the line of duty. As, right. Uh, you know. This narrative that they made up yeah basically yeah it's kind of fun
0: <laughs> yeah yeah there's a uh, there's some social commentary um yeah. that we make for sure just to, you know on black people getting shot and <laughs> it's just very very poignant very real um in our times and we'll also get into other stuff with like Confederate statues, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. too. There's, yeah, there's so, so there's some, some social commentary, not necessarily sprinkled <laughs> throughout the movie, but sort of like in your face, throughout the film. So even like
1: the mayor, like the corrupt mayor and stuff like that, like uh, which again, this remake wants to add so many elements, so many like uh, sort of like these hinge points where like priests could fall into any set trap in the movie. So there's just a lot going against him um, in this film versus the more streamlined original that we discuss. Should we talk about the Snow Patrol?
0: Snow Patrol! It's Snow Patrol time! Let's do it!
1: Snow Patrol is not in the um, original film. Mm -hmm. I guess the closest thing, (laughs) this doesn't work at all, is uh, there is a random moment where... uh, young blood is on kind of like the come up after he gets his uh his 30 keys and basically like a group that would more or less be the equivalent of maybe like the black panthers is like Say <laughs> hey brother you're selling a lot of drugs in the community and we need our cut and he's like you motherfuckers better not <laughs> i ain't giving you shit ask me for shit. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. He's like, you won't get a dime from me. He's like, yeah, we'll see. And then they never come back. <laughs> that's, that's your snow patrol. That's code, my right? snow <laughs> patrol from <laughs> the original. Uh, Black militants that um, talking about social commentaries. like, until you hand me a gun and we go down and start killing white one by but one, that- <laughs> I don't want to hear shit about your marching speeches and your... <laughs> i tell you what you do. You go get you a gun. And all those black folks you keep doing so much talking about get guns and come back ready to go down and I'll be right down front killing Whitey.
0: Jesus, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh... There you go. (laughs) More social commentary. Social commentary. Absolutely. I forgot about that amazing scene. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. It's easy to forget.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that just kind of comes out of you when you ready got the guns and march down, kill Whitey, I'm up. I'm there, brother. (laughs) But until then, fuck off. Fuck off. I'm doing coke and banging white (laughs) chicks. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's a that's a great scene in that original film. I love that
1: scene. I just love um that is like peak black exploitation. (laughs) Ah man, kill white. (laughs) Can't believe that's my reaction. Um so anyway, uh there is no snow patrol in the original.
0: (laughs) That's the whole point of that story. There's no snow patrol. I just wanted (laughs) to mention this awesome scene in the original. Yeah,
1: I could not it's the only place I could shoehorn that. Um In the remake, so you know, I talked about uh, Youngblood's kind of intro, where he's at this kind of rap album party sort of at the beginning. Then he immediately leaves that party to go to his own club.
0: <laughs> Cynthia works there. I don't know if that's um, if he owns. that I don't know now. if it's his, I mean, but like, I, he's I didn't get the sense that he somehow. owned it. Um, I just know that Cynthia was there. She was his eyes and ears there. That's all I know. I don't. I don't know if he necessarily owned it though.
1: Nah. Yeah. I guess maybe that's just Cynthia's hustle. Was like she worked at that place and yeah kind of an enforcer
0: there um subtly um because i feel like if you were the owner of that strip club and a girl just got shot outside you'd be in pretty deep yeah shit. you're right you're right so
1: yeah i guess there was like that business element but now that to your point now that i'm thinking about it it wasn't like necessarily like part of the empire it's just like she yeah. doesn't like hey man if we're gonna be working here we better be bringing in some money um so we we get to this club scene and um Snow patrol, there's like these guys in like all white outfits, yeah, like
0: because they're the snow patrol,
1: <laughs> of course. Um, and like all they're doing, like, I was watching free and she was kind of laughing, it's like all they're doing is just like tossing money while
0: having conversations.
1: <laughs> hey man, what are you gonna do about this
0: I don't know, bro, but we make all it too day. much money all um, day, you just make it rain in that so snow good. patrol. Oh my uh, God, so many times in this movie, just so much of this movement going the, on. The,
1: there was one scene where like, uh, one of the guys had something in their hands, and Pree was like, what is, what is that? I was like, it's a money gun. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: These
1: guys, they gotta let everyone know how much money they have by mm-hmm. throwing it in the air. But um, yeah. the main people from Snow Patrol we get introduced to are uh, Kalen K.R. Walker as uh, Juju. Get the fuck out of here, now! Yeah! sort of like a young, kind of like brash character. Mm-hmm. And then we got Big Bank Black as Q. You mean I would whack that bitch, but that's me, not you. Need to let that shit go, you fucking up my money. Who's kind of like our, uh, our leader. And Q is basically like, his whole message throughout the movie is like, chill, you know, Priest <laughs> is making money. We're making money. Hey, we're Snow Patrol. Look at and, <laughs> we, and, we got matching uh, outfits and everything. Come on. This is cool,
0: right? Like
1: the Ninja, <laughs> Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Seriously.
1: <laughs> but like Hugh recognized that like going to war with young blood priests doesn't benefit them in any way. It's like we're all eating. We're all got our matching white outfits and our <laughs> white guns and our white motorcycles and, and white our coffers. white
0: mansions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's just like, uh, we've made it. But Juju has like aspirations. Like you see this guy, who just like he sees Cynthia and he's like, oh, I want that. Mm -hmm. But like that's Priest girl, Mm -hmm. Um, and he's uh, what we in the streets would call a hater. Just kind of sitting there, um, getting drunk and getting upset about what's what he's seeing, which like doesn't really make sense. It's like you, you've got plenty. But uh, well, it makes
0: sense if you're drunk. If you've ever been drunk, you just get upset.
1: That's (laughs) what you do when you get drunk. That's true. And then Chris Brown makes a cameo. He's in the Snow Patrol. Oh, is he? Yeah, easy to miss. Um, (laughs) uh, Q tells uh, Chris Brown's character, who I don't even know what his name is, um, to keep an eye on Juju because he's been drinking. And um, once they get outside the club, like, Priest is out there with Georgia and Cynthia, like his girls. Juju wants to start a fight. And Priest is like, come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) The hair, the outfit, you really want to do this? And he just starts kicking the shit out of Juju yeah. outside the club. And uh, Juju goes to shoot him. And then uh, Priest, who's just he's too smooth, Matrix style, yeah, <laughs> dodges a bullet. But it goes directly into the gut of a woman that just happened to be, like, leaving the club. And, like, Priest hands that woman a stack of money and says... Take her to the good hospital, not the one where they send Black people normally, the good one, which uh, I bet you didn't know that was social commentary too.
0: (laughs) Oh, I did not know that one. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to take a moment here because I'm getting excited about Snow Patrol. Okay. Say that this movie is um, what we would call, we talked about Black exploitation movies. This is what we would call like a hood flick. Um, (laughs) It is a movie with really good production value, actually, but uh, it's a movie that's basically like a street tale the tale of a uh a drunk kingpin or something like that who has some either some sort of redemption arc or some plan to get out um they're very common um a good example of this type of movie would be like paid in full is a good example with Mackay pfeiffer but like i'm i'm saying all that to say that like this is um a very black film in a way that like it's not black exploitation, but it's like uh the fact that you have Chris Brown, the fact that you have like a big boy who plays a character. Um, the entire cast is like, for the most part is black. Like it's it's a very um, specific type of movie. Um, so I wanted to kind of point that out. I don't really know uh, what to say about that other than like the director is, um, typically does like music videos and stuff yeah. like that. So like yeah, this that. is very much a movie that comes from the streets. I, I would actually be interested to see how this was produced and made really. But um, that's a long-winded way of saying that. Like when he when he uh, told them to go to a different hospital, there there's like little sprinklings of uh, elements in the story that uh, if you're from what we would call a more urban audience, you would be locked into in a way that you wouldn't be uh, if you weren't necessarily like aware of some of these references.
0: Hmm. Well, I don't have health insurance, so I haven't
1: been to a hospital in years. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. Like. You know, it's like little things like that, like the uh, like your mom playing the organ at church. Like that's that's mm-hmm. kind of like a street sort of mm-hmm. story. But again, long, long-winded way of saying that like this type of character, this juju character is very much the type of character that would be in that type of film. Um, someone that wants more than they, sh- they should have that does reckless stuff. And by shooting this woman, he's now set this sort of uh, stage where he's going to come down on all of Mm -hmm. right snow patrol priest everybody like you just shot some chick like that's that's not going to end
0: well um this is the motivation in the remake for priest to want to get out as he realizes he almost got shot and like you just mentioned now everything's going to get out there they're going to ask questions find out who these people are so he feels like his time's running out so this is the catalyst to in the remake for why he wants out of the lifestyle
1: yeah yeah because um, as much as I'm sure Priest has seen people get killed and, you know, he, he also mentioned it's not the first time I've been shot at, but this really seems to affect him per his conversation with Georgia. And you're right, like, uh, it's a better, <laughs> better than some random junkies that don't come back in the movie hitting you over the mm-hmm. head. Uh, and the Snow Patrol group has this sort of conflict of with Q in place, they're not really going to do anything ultra reckless. Like, Juju is far too reckless to be the leader of this group. Um, and Q is constantly saying, like, yes, I don't like what's ha- happened, but we can't make assumptions about Priest and we can't go to war with them. And eventually, Juju's goal is to push them into that direction, um, to start this fight with Priest and Eddie and to basically become the cocaine kings of Atlanta, more or less. So um, it's an interesting dynamic. Um, although... I think it's really dumb that they're the
0: snow patrol and they wear all white. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was trying to think of, do we really need this sort of rival gang? Like overall, um, just thinking yeah, about their impact in the story. I mean, other than killing Cynthia, they don't really help the story really progress forward. I feel like it could have been, Sort of a combination, or you could have maybe merged them with the Mexican cartel somehow, or, or um, somehow the corrupt cops still. But I just feel like overall the inclusion of a rival gang like the Snow Patrol, all yeah, ultimately probably could have been consolidated somehow, um, just to change some things, so they didn't need to be in the movie ultimately at the end of the it's- day. Because it's like you got that juju; he's like the main focus, and then his only motivation his only emotion is i want to kill priest that's like all he fucking talks about right, every right. fucking time you see him so he's a really one-dimensional character and he becomes the leader even though it's like i, I don't exactly know the hierarchy in stone right. patrol like was he necessarily lined up to be the next guy he seems like a pretty low, low level yeah kind of exactly person, he seems right. like very low level guy because he couldn't <laughs> You're gonna get the girls, right? You know, if he if he was one of those top guys like priest, you'd be able to get any girl, but he just seems like, Well, I can't get any girls, so I hate all the guys that can get girls. He seemed like an incel. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. So Same um too. I it was just a little confused, like, well, okay, so he's suddenly the leader. I know they talked about it a little bit maybe before the shooting, but like well, that's just you know, we're just talking. We're <laughs> we're not having a meeting about who's necessarily going to be the next in session. Uh, yeah, who's going to be the next leader? So, um, I don't know. It 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 seems a little weak. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's fun to have a rival gang oh, yeah. and to ultimately see them get their comeuppance, but you know, overall, I think it could have been consolidated. Because uh, in addition to them, like the runtime is. I, a little bit longer in the remake. Sure. So I sure. think um we could have figured something out to make it a little bit shorter and not necessarily include the as fun as they are, the snow patrol. Uh, I ultimately don't know if that they were necessary.
1: I don't I don't think that they're a necessary element. Um I think that really <laughs> the only purpose they serve is to be kind of like the fodder for like action scenes, like yeah. um like the barbershop shooting scene is pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Um the uh the chase like you mentioned Confederate uh Statues and stuff like that. They're, like, there's a scene where they're basically, well, um, Cynthia gets killed by the Snow Patrol um, because they, like you mentioned, put two and two together about the uh, the Freddie hit and everything like that. So I was like, you get this wild like shootout, you get this wild chase scene through um through Atlanta, and I think it's because the movie wasn't like trying to do the Mexican cartel in Atlanta. I think that's a little bit. Although it's not that hard to pull off, I'm I'm not sure why they mm-hmm. didn't just choose to do that. I, I, I don't know. It, it's a strange inclusion. Um I did overall enjoy the kind of the stupid rival gang, but like, Yeah. I enjoyed it
0: too, but it doesn't necessarily push anything forward. As not not sure. even a little bit. Actually. Yeah. Like like not at
1: all. Um yeah. uh even like the Q character, like perhaps if Juju had betrayed Q, and that's how he got to the top. Mm-hmm yeah that would have made more sense but like it just it it was a loose end that didn't have to be
0: there at all and
1: you take them out of the movie it's the same movie
0: yeah i mean you brought up a good point though they do have like the action scenes like that chase was pretty intense that was pretty cool like uh priest is driving uh george is in the passenger seat he's like get the gun out blind him he fucking pulls like a fucking drift move. She's like got this fucking badass slow motion shot where yeah. the, the gun just aiming, shooting it at uh, Q, and he can't see, so he crashes into a Confederate statue. Car explodes immediately. Yeah. <laughs> the statue's destroyed. It's, uh, it's a it's wild scene. It's fun as hell, but yeah, it was a well produced scene. I mean, yeah. like um, the these two sort of like
1: they're not Lamborghinis, but like these two sort of like sports cars. Yeah like drifting on the, uh, the mm-hmm. grass in the park and stuff like that. People running out of the way. Like it's a really good scene.
0: Yeah. Um, you got uh priest's car is black and then the snow patrols is white. So it's visually pleasing just to see those yeah. contrasting yeah. colors. And, uh, and uh, Juju's car
1: flips over for like no reason. <laughs> yeah.
0: Juju's car flips over so he doesn't die <laughs> at that, yeah. b- that exact moment. Basically.
1: So I think one of the reasons why we kept saying we'll get to the snow patrol is because there wasn't really much to go over but they have to be talked about like yeah. they,
0: they're, they're they get a lot of screen time a lot of screen time lot of screen so time. you really got to talk about them maybe we should we didn't go really talk on about
1: the cartel what's up we didn't really talk about the cartel
0: we didn't talk about the cartel we didn't talk about the cops either i wasn't sure if we where we should go next.
1: i i would say the cartel because to, to me it's sort of like the snow patrol of okay the cops we could wrap that up pretty quickly
0: okay <laughs> All right, so um, in addition to the Snow Patrol making an appearance, or a new appearance in the remake, we also have this Mexican cartel, which was included. And it's sort of left vague as like, who all these people are, but we, we are introduced to sort of the, a leader, and that's uh, Cy Morales as Adalberto Gonzalez. There's no way you're leaving the game. Good night, please this is the connect that, um, priest had to find. He had to go behind scatters back to, to find this guy. Um, and then they play a pretty big role in, in the film.
1: So you get this sort of, uh, this conversation with scatter and, uh, and Priest have they glove up and kind of fight and, you know, scatter ends up, you know, winning. So visually showing us, he's still the top dog. Um, they basically like, uh, Priest and Eddie end up tailing scattered to like Houston, sort of. Mm-hmm. They are looking for this drop-off and then they take it even further and go to Mexico. Um, pre- where, you know, Priest is trying to tail this plug. They've been made almost immediately. Uh, <laughs> getting, uh you know, stuffed into a, a truck and then eventually put on a fucking jet, like a yeah. private plane. Um, and they open the door of a private plane yeah. <laughs> to like, threaten his life. But like more or less, we learn... Um, this is just another example of uh, mm-hmm. although Priest is in a bad situation, his knowledge right. is being weaponized. And he's like, look, man, you can't kill me, but this is what I know about you. And he talks about his brother and his mm-hmm. mother and yep. stuff like that. Not in a threatening way, but in a, hey, like I respect your business type way. And he's able to convince this guy that he can more or less triple the output of what um, Scatter's been doing. Mm-hmm. You guy's are like, well, if you think you can, I mean, we'll give you a shot. Um, here's a bunch of bricks of coke, you know, and <laughs> I expect my money. So yeah. it's different than, like, you mentioned in the original. Um, I guess we might as well kind of loop these guys in now, too. Uh, in the original, where the corrupt cops are right. the plug. morales uh mexican cartel brings an element of of menace and danger to the film that um you know permeates they like you mentioned they do have a big role but again uh this remake splits that (laughs) that menace between so many characters Uh, Mm -hmm. yeah i guess to even talk about the cartel it may make sense to bring up the cops now
0: yeah sure there's a lot of cops in the original uh (laughs) when i looked at the cast listing this was the only one on wikipedia so it's the only one i'm gonna mention um so we have sig shore uh he's billed as michael richards as the deputy commissioner reardon this is the guy whose name was in the folder when scatter handed it to priest what else can you do you're making more goddamn money
1: than you ever made in your life you just want to be another two-bit black junkie
0: in the remake we only really have two Cops they focus on. That's Jennifer Morrison as Detective Mason. Eddie, most of your texts and calls are to this guy. Can't be your boyfriend. Got way too many pussy pics to be on the down low. What is it, your connect? No, oh, no. See, you're not connected. He's your boss, right? And Brian F. Durkin as Officer Turk Franklin. He's the one that killed Freddie.
1: They see me rolling. They hating. Yeah, these are our corrupt cops. Jennifer Morrison sort of fills the role um that uh it's not reared in the beginning, but you know, kinda of like that main detective uh, right? fills. Like he's he's just like he'll beat up uh you know in the original, they'll beat up Freddie and like leave him for dead, more or less. And Jennifer Morrison just she's got this like mad like rageful personality which is like she'll do anything like I don't know a lot about her other than like uh kill that guy, fuck over this person like i'm like I'm the boss, like she's ruthless is the word I'm looking for mm-hmm. um and is able to kind of portray that pretty quickly, but uh there's not much more to her than that. I guess she's somewhat less ruthless than uh Durkin's Turk Franklin character right. right.
0: Yeah, is it, if I guess if you had to put like the good cop bad cop dynamic to these two corrupt cops, she's yeah. sort of the good cop just because she didn't kill the other guy, and she's sort of like, in a weird way, kind of trying to relate to Priest. Like, you think you think this is bad? I gotta work with him all day. Like, she's like sort of throwing out like weird quips like that. But even though they're both very bad and corrupt, but like right. she's at least you can at least communicate with her, and she's you know mostly down to business while the other one just seems like a loose cannon almost to points
1: yeah and Reardon, more or less um he's not really that important like no. what's important is that he is like the commissioner deputy commissioner like he fits the role in the blaxploitation film of like evil white guy
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like that's the only reason he's there uh to put a face to uh to the white devil <laughs> and um you know, we don't. Re- I mean, do we spend twenty seconds with that character? Like, most yeah.
0: I don't think we see him until the very end, right? We see him at the end, and like most of his,
1: most of his portrayal is just like kind of being in a fight scene, and then kind of being caught off guard. Yeah. So there's not much there, but uh, no, it's more left. of it
0: like this. He's he's kind of like this presence. Like they are talking about him. You don't actually see him. He's kinda of like the Wizard of Oz. It's like, well there's this guy and he's at the top and uh it's gonna make your life miserable if you don't do what we want you to do. So and we're not supposed to know about him or we don't know much about him because Priest is not supposed to know about him. But right. because he got all that information from Scatter, he knows everything about him. Right. right. So so I think that's why we don't really see him in the original because Totally. The main character's not supposed to
1: know him. Totally. And and it's effective, right? Like this yeah. this idea that um this guy that just like he's running your life. You you will never even see him. But he's got uh you know, he's pulling all the strings. Mm-hmm. Um the detectives coming into the equation, uh in the remake, it's another one where like you could take that out too. <laughs> like you you don't need To have this scenario to then have to wrap up, right? Like, um, Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like, again, Turk Franklin, in the same way I say, Reardon is kind of like a placeholder for just white, like corrupt whiteness. Mm -hmm. Uh, Turk Franklin clearly fits that role, which is, um, I think, why we get sort of his fate at the end of the movie where he basically just kind of gets his ass kicked. (laughs) Um, I think it's like, as social commentary, like we said, uh, they're playing up to a crowd that would like to see a corrupt cop that kills black people arbitrarily, kind of get their comeuppings. Right. But, uh, it doesn't really service the plot because you've created between the snow patrol and the cops. Like the cops are used to get rid of the snow patrol. Right. And then something else is used to get rid of the cops. Right. So it's like it offsets. Like the like in the equation x plus y equals z. You also have X plus A, which equals zero, plus B, which equals zero, <laughs> equals Z. Like, there's just, um, I would say this is my one complaint. They, they serve no real purpose um, narratively. Um, you get some cool scenes out of them, but like, it, it's kind of pointless and it, uh, we don't need them in a the movie.
0: Yeah. Now that you're talking about it, I guess they are less important than the Mexican cartel thing. You could have just pointless. focused on, could have just focused on the cartel the rest of the movie pretty much because you just trying to think program. of what they actually add in uh, like, the only thing i can think of is like because they're the only way you can get rid of the snow patrol <laughs> that's the only reason you yeah, really they, you could do that for shootout too yeah you know like what
1: they do is uh they're cops right like the original had cops we have right. cops here yeah corrupt um they are the reason freddie dies um so like we're still tethered to this original in that way mm-hmm. but all they're doing is skimming money from priests. Right. Like that's all they're doing. And mm-hmm. I guess at one point they like steal his drugs, thinking that like they're getting over on him. Right. But they're not. They're actually kind of playing in the priest's right plan. But, like again, they like I, I actually think that they're in terms of portrayal, I think they're strong characters. I just think they're mm-hmm. pointless.
0: Yeah. No, now now that I'm thinking about it and you're saying yeah they do not really do anything to drive the story forward because they were the connect in the original that's how we get our drugs so they're absolutely essential but we already got the drugs right in this one so um and the consequences of working with them aren't really affecting anything yeah we lost right. freddie but that was even before they started working with them and they just helped us take out snow patrol who we also said wasn't necessary (laughs) for this movie so uh, yeah um yeah i wow i didn't i didn't think about that until now but yeah it's a good point they really could have just focused on the mexican cartel they could have um
1: the movie i think is trying to go for like scope um and scale in a way um that i do appreciate because the original (laughs) movie is lax in it like i as i watched the original one i was like there's really not much to this story. Um, mm-hmm. Like, like at all, you know? Like, uh, I went out, I got the drugs, I sold the drugs, it's kind of rough. And here's here's
0: another Curtis Mayfield song. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Just in yeah. case you
0: didn't hear it the first two mm-hmm, times, let's mm-hmm. get it. <laughs> yeah, <baseline. laughs> dun, 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 dun. You're my friend, you know me. <laughs>
1: oh man, it's so good. Yeah. So good. It's a um, great song. Um, but like, yeah, the remake, it, it that's the problem, right? There's just too many things, and like it does kind of work out and t- to be a cohesive package, but like there's a lot of frivolous parts to it. Like you mentioned, the movie runtime's almost two hours, and like you could easily cut twenty thirty and still mm-hmm. get it across. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't feel like it was overkill. Like I didn't feel
0: bored watching it. No, but, uh, I was confused by some of the strings right no it's still entertaining to watch like you know just seeing the corrupt cops get used and then ultimately get what's coming to them even though i feel like that one cop just getting beat up that didn't feel like yeah yeah it's like okay you killed a guy who was and his girl who were completely innocent and you just get beat up like he didn't even get like kicked off the force like the other cop did and she didn't kill anybody that that we saw so you know um it just felt like him getting beat up was a little weak and you obviously you can't just kill the cop (laughs) so like but him getting kicked off the force might have been great (laughs) how about that we can we can still do that somehow yeah yeah i think he's
1: really there because like you know it's 2018 um right clearly i mean from the 70s movie is commentary on police in the black community and like how they're doing which we know is true like between like like the Iran-Contra thing, like crack and stuff like that. Like, there, like there's a long history of police corruption and its influence on the black community, which has still like reverberated to the fact that in 2018, uh, a a movie that like would still have commentary about police corruption in the black community. And like, I think that the scene though frivolous and kind of like, like you mentioned, it's not really satisfying to. To anyone that wants like actual justice for what happened to Freddie, but like i think it's for the artists that made it i think it was their attempt to kind of like say this is what we wish would happen to people that do this type right. of thing to
0: us i guess mm-hmm. but uh but wouldn't you want him kicked off the force too like you yeah know. you would <laughs> want to <that. laughs> just say like you got one cop arrested why not why wasn't that a package deal? They could have easily both been arrested oh, right Oh yeah, there. totally, totally. I think
1: that um yeah, because they introduced this I'm a hero cop element in a way that like doesn't make sense.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. And you didn't you didn't have to. You could have yeah. you didn't have to say that cop was a hero, like I didn't, I
1: didn't think he was a hero because he shot the guy, right? Like
0: they they were calling him a hero because he 'cause he shot because they, they were calling him hero cop on the news after sure. that happened. So that was one of the reasons he
1: was yeah, called a hero. Yeah. I guess though, like like you said, like um, he could have just been arrested, right? Like, he could have just been hero,
0: arrested too.
2: Yeah, this
1: hero thing doesn't make sense. Um, but you know, the director, like I mentioned before, uh, his his background tends to be more like music videos and stuff like that. I don't know how many other films he's directed. So, like to me, this feels like this is a narrative that could fit in like a music video, right? Like mm-hmm. the guy comes back and he like beats up the cop and he walks off and. Now he's in a boat, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Now
0: he's in a boat.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I I think it's, um, again, from like an artist's expression, not necessarily like the movie itself doesn't need this at all. I think like for a group that feels like this pressure of the police force and how they've affected them, just having the image of a cop getting something resembling like uh, their comeuppings, I think was something that they felt they needed to do. I don't feel like they needed to do it. But, uh, <laughs> hey man, if you got a multi-million dollar budget and you can beat up a copy of a movie, go ahead. <laughs> you know, if, if if you're that upset about the police, sure. Like, <laughs> but um, in terms of the plot and the narrative, no, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> I think I mean at this point we might as well talk about the endings because I think cleaning up the loose ends uh, is basically the ending, and I think they're like going through how much they have to go through to clean up the loose ends and the we could go going for quite a bit i think
0: yeah so should we start with the original ending then let's do that That's okay easy. um so i guess we'll start in the apartment where eddie is given the money or given priest his pretty much his cut right yeah so like we say there's that scene he's like you're gonna <laughs> you're just gonna make me do this, I'm gonna watch you every <laughs> <for a> minute. <laughs> so, um, Eddie fills up the briefcase um, with his half, and then um, <laughs> you got the Curtis Mayfield guitar just in the background, going, um, and it's going, the tension's rising, you're like, what, what, what's happening? I'm trying to figure out what's happening. Priest makes it to the elevator, as soon as he gets to the elevator, Eddie's already on the phone with the cops, just telling him like, he's out, you, you gotta do something, because he's out. Uh, the elevator stops on a random floor, Some bag lady comes in, Uh, but it's not a bag lady. It's Georgia, and they do the old switcheroo right there. So he has a random briefcase while she has the actual briefcase for all the money. He leaves the building. The cops see him right away, pretty much, Mm -hmm. and he gets taken away. They're at some dock or something, (laughs) sure, Um, where all the cops are there, and this is where we finally see, see Reardon, finally and um they're like well you're not out you don't get to just decide you're out we say when you're out this is when he kind of is more like um the priest in the remake because he's like well i know about you (laughs) let me tell you about you well first off well first there's a fight first there's an awesome fight i didn't want to skip over that (laughs) a super awesome super slow motion fight where everything is in slow motion it is fantastic
1: Like priest is getting beat up by these cops. Um mm-hmm. and he kind of like lands on top of this trash can, and he pulls like the lid off the trash can and goes.
2: <laughs> boom. I mean like literally it's like that in the movie. And um
1: you just see the guy take the hit and it's just like his face is bleeding, like oh.
0: yeah, blood all over his face. It was so good. <laughs>
1: like I said, these slow motion punches and like karate kicks and like priest mm. is messing these guys up.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, it again, helps because we know he's a karate master because we saw him training before. Plus, he's very young and these are very old white men he's fighting, yes. so that also helps.
1: Yes. And w- what's great about this scene is that like, um, in its own way, this movie has established that like, there's no repercussions for police officers killing black people in this movie. Um. Freddie dies, I don't know, write a report or something like that. Um, <laughs> nobody cares, right? Um, we can just uh, make scatter OD and, you know, no one, like, no one can stop us. Mm-hmm. So, like, Priest is in this unwinnable situation, which is, I have to keep selling drugs for these corrupt cops or I'm dead. And in this situation, he's fighting back and he's got the, his, his ticket out because you know after he uh basically overtakes everyone Reardon gets up and I believe puts a gun on him and he's like all right Reardon okay and uh, mm-hmm. now we're at that part you were talking about which yeah is, <laughs> he uses some pretty aggressive language <laughs> well you,
0: if you remember it go ahead by yeah. all means
1: <laughs> well he's like um uh Reardon's pointing the gun at him and, and he's like uh you know more like that's enough and he's like no, I'll tell you what's enough, uh, Reardon. Yeah, I know your name. <laughs> <laughs> I know your name. I know about your wife and your two kids and your, your son who I guess is gay or something like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: he does uh, use some aggressive really language there. <laughs>
1: Necessary.
0: And then your, your daughter, daughter the with violin. her thick legs or something. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. And the violin lessons or whatever. Like, I don't know. He knows way too much about him. He's like, and he's like, not only do I know about your family, I took out a hit on your family. and I didn't use black guys. I used good Old fashioned white killers.
0: Yeah, white <laughs> killers.
2: God damn.
1: He he uh, hired mafia guys to basically take a hit out on um Reardon in case he died. And Reardon's like, uh, with what money? You don't have a hundred thousand dollars for a hit. And he's like, I've got your briefcase right uh <laughs> empty. <laughs> this drug dealer, kid from the street, nothing going for him, uh chip stacked against him not only gets free reign to kick a bunch of white people's asses they're also cops so you get double white people ass kicking <laughs> points and he's so much smarter than them that he took out a hit on him and they can't do anything he's like you know what if you touch a hair on my pretty head, <laughs> uh you're, you're finish. and it's just like whoa man and he, <laughs> he gets out drives off gets his own car and drives off into the uh the sunset and he's like Yeah, man, I thought of everything. (laughs) You know, does it hold up uh, against, like, real scrutiny? Maybe not, but, like, it's a great ending. It it is what um, does make Black exploitation work to an extent. You've got a guy that's able to live outside of this sort of corrupt and racist system, Mm -hmm. and, like, through just being, like, (laughs) like <laughs> we said this before during like guess who like an idris elba type like a super black guy like um someone that's able to think of everything someone that's able to always get the girl someone that can kick your ass uh he's got money he's got um freedom in that way like here he is i just took out whitey man and i'm gonna go you know get myself out of the game Great, a
0: great it? the only thing i guess because we're talking about how the we're going to talk about how the remake ties up every loose end. The only thing out there is um, you have no idea what happened to Eddie. Because, you know, Eddie betrayed him. So, right. is he going to go back, get his revenge? Or is he just going to be like, you know what? <laughs> I knew that was going to happen anyway. So, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to get out of here with Georgia while I'm ahead, right. you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. The, that loose end does not get tied up. Um, I mentioned earlier, Uh, I thought they left and gone somewhere else. But, like, I... Georgia was obviously the character. So, like, I don't know exactly where they went. <laughs> I don't know exactly how much money they had, but I'm assuming it was enough to get out of the game.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Or if it wasn't enough, the cops can't mess with him because he's right. got a hit out on rear yeah. So, that's a, uh, you know, for what they presented,
0: that's a clean enough, yeah, uh, exit. Yeah, he's out. Yeah, uh, he's got his woman, and uh, he's, you know, he can't get touched. So that's what he said he wanted. And that's what he got. Yep. Can't complain. Yep. Right. Can't
1: complain. And I mean, like I said, uh, this guy, uh, the super fly ends up being the drugs, really like the cocaine is super fly. Uh, it's that good, that pure. Mm-hmm. Um, like yeah, this guy he who's, he was super like literally super fly. He, he, uh, drug dealers, splat <laughs> women, bang money, <laughs> have cops asses kicked <laughs> like um it's still very uh cathartic for me even now as ridiculous as the movie is they're like yeah this guy <laughs> got, got everything he wanted man mm-hmm. um I, it's, a, it's a fairly goofy thin plot but mm-hmm. uh it served its purpose like it's a fun little ride and i enjoyed it
0: yeah, I mean, good for him. You know, well, all that time he's perming his hair. He's thinking all these schemes up, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> time well spent, I guess.
1: <laughs> seriously. Seriously. Now, the remake. Let's just, uh, let's pull back, right? Like, we, we'll we go back to uh from Scatter, basically, on. Yeah, right? that's what I would say. So, we've now created this situation where Scatter's pissed off at him. The Cartel's pissed off at him. Uh, snow Patrol's pissed off at him. And these corrupt cops are pissed off at him. Um, so, that right there, there's four different groups that Young Blood Priest has to get through to uh, get out of the game. Um, I mentioned that Georgia was kind of like the briefcase type, type woman. Uh, they have a plan to go to Montenegro, become like citizens through like a bride, basically, at mm-hmm. the consulate. How the hell do they pull that off? I mean, whatever but uh that's money money
0: talks right
1: (laughs) exactly so how do we get this priest from the streets of atlanta Mm -hmm. to montenegro all right first we gotta deal with scatter scatter knows that you've been going behind his back and going to his plug right Mm -hmm. so he smartly (laughs) loops in the plug dumbly as we talked about earlier turns out the plug (laughs) is mad at scatter because he's been skimming they kill scatter so Mm -hmm. boom 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 The cartel is rock, paper, scissors. Cartel (laughs) scatters out. All right. Now you you have...
0: Well, don't forget, as he's killing Scatter, he also mentions a little, some details uh, so that priests can use that information against him later. He does mention um, our cartel leader. Let me just get his name here. Yeah, I just want to mention how dumb he is. Uh, So Gonzalez, let's just call him. He has a brother... Well, he has a weird family dynamic. Like, kind of like this mother. We kind of mentioned that before. Uh, Priest says, like, there's something about your mother. Like, his mother likes his brother better than him. But right now, his brother's in jail. And that's kind of how Priest got all his information, because he has guys in prison, too. So he knows all about Gonzalez brothers and their whole family ordeal. And uh, as... Scatter is being put in this eco-friendly cremation machine. Yeah. Um, he also mentions that, yeah, I'm the reason my brother's in jail. I put him there. I put him away. Blah, blah, blah. Look at me. I rule. Right. That comes to bite him later on the ass. But go on, Reggie. Oh,
1: totally does. So yeah, the Gonzalez cartel has the matriarch, um, this brother who we never see. But from what we understand, he's, he was kind of like a, a reckless, almost like an Eddie type of character. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gonzalez, uh, as we'll call him now, uh, wants his mother's favor because he's the smart one. Hey, I'm keeping us safe. I'm protecting the family. So uh, like you mentioned, for some reason, he tells Priest that like, yeah, <laughs> I got my brother locked up um, because he was a liability and I'm too smart. OK, so scatter's gone. Um, he's smart. <laughs> um, Priest is uh, still in his situation. So Priest gets back and realizes now, because first he got shot at uh, outside the club. That was a come-to-Jesus moment for him. (laughs) Then uh, he watched Scatter get murdered. That was another, like, oh, man, this is getting too crazy. So when he gets back to the States, he still has a bit of a snow patrol problem. Um, Juju um, is coming after uh, him still. Juju, Mm -hmm. like you mentioned, His singular focus is to get rid of priests because he doesn't like them for reasons that are loose. Juju and Gang come to Youngblood's house, shoots up the house, um, shotguns his girlfriend Cynthia through the uh, ceiling um, and she's bleeding out. She's clearly dying
2: because
1: parts are outside that are supposed to be inside of her body. Um, And Youngblood's like, hand me uh, some rags, in those bottles of liquor, we're gonna burn down this house with the uh, with the snow patrol in it, um, which sparks that uh, that scene that you're talking about where they drive their cars through Atlanta um, mm-hmm. trying to escape. So <clears throat> in that drive, uh, driving action sequence, we kill off Q, the snow patrol leader, but we still have a juju problem. Mm-hmm. Youngblood now recognize that like, okay, scatter's dead. Freddie's dead. Uh the guitar- the cartels after me. Snow patrol's definitely after me and these corrupt cops are giving me a hard time. So we still have that problem. A character we didn't really talk about but like uh um big boy the rapper who plays like mayor, I think his name is Mayor Jenkins, don't quote me on that. But like uh he's a sort of a corrupt mayor. Priest has somehow got footage of the mayor uh with like hookers and money yeah. and coke- Do- cocaine off their asses. <laughs> This is a pretty funny scene. He's like, yo, let me take a selfie with you and this a yeah. video of uh, all this going on. And the mayor's like, well, what do you want? <laughs> and he's like, well, I want a few things. Um, but I'm also going to help you get reelected, which we didn't know was part of the plot until then, but the mayor needs help getting reelected. <laughs> so the mayor hands him a file um, and Priest is part of the equation is to like, give the mayor... Corrupt cops, right? So, Priest convinces the corrupt cops that the Snow Patrol is a problem for them because Snow Patrol is trying to kill them. And how are they going to skim money from Priest if he's killed? So, he sets up Snow Patrol to get taken out by, like, the corrupt cops and but, the SWAT team.
0: But, yep. before that happens, because we see Eddie go to Snow Patrol oh, first. Oh, great point. Great point. Yeah, yeah. So, Eddie shows up at Snow Patrol, and like we said, if you had seen the original, you know that Eddie betrays Priest. So, Eddie shows up, and he's like, he shows up, every gun is on him, and he's like, well, I- I'm here, I, I want to go with the winning team, pretty much is what he says. And he goes, um, I-, I know where the money is, but uh, I'm going to need you to take me there alive because I don't trust you right now. Um, so then we see Eddie show up at the furniture store, which was kind of their front to ship the drugs to the different locations. And uh, Eddie shows up, he's, he's, a, he's official, yeah, he <laughs> he's wearing <it>. the white. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, they show up, they go in, they're looking for the money, and then all of a sudden, the cops just show up and just start blasting, and yep. everybody is fucking killed in Snow Patrol. Yo, priest, <laughs> priest,
1: move. And that is the end of Snow Patrol. Yep. Um, our corrupt cop, um, Jennifer Morrison's character, I believe. Um. Mm-hmm takes uh, the bricks. And now she's like, great, I can exploit uh, Priest and Eddie Moore. It's like, I've got your bricks. You're going to need to bring me money to get these back because you weren't giving me enough money before. Whatever. She's got the bricks. (laughs) And when she tries to set up a a meeting to pick up this coke, well, Priest doesn't show up, but you know who does? Atlanta PD. So the police department um, picks up this corrupt cop and she's like, now um, the mayor can campaign off the fact that, like, look, I'm cleaning up police corruption. So he gets six points in uh, the polls. So he's going to win re-election easily. And to your point, I didn't want to skip over because you're right, Eddie in the Snow Patrol outfit was. I I thought, I thought he was on the other team, <laughs> man. But uh, he, he stuck with Priest. So the file <laughs> that, the, that the mayor had handed Priest as part of this deal. Had some information about an informant from the Gonzales cartel. Turns out there was a, a file about this guy who told him his brother to get him out of the picture so that his mother would like him more in the cartel. She finds out, and, and like you mentioned, like Narco's like style. she's a badass. She's like Zelda <laughs> <a> Blanca. <laughs> and she, she shows up and is like, uh, doesn't speak any English. She's like all Spanish. I know a little bit of Spanish from like, I heard Eho, like her son, I'm hearing uh, I think he's calling her <laughs> stupid, calling uh, the other brother stupid. Straps his guy to a fucking uh, like gurney, basically, puts him in a cremation machine alive. Eco-friendly. <laughs> eco-friendly. And then you know he's dead because you see some blood goop come out of the eco-friendly uh, cartel thing. So that's the cartel problem because I don't think she knows or cares about priests. So mm we took him out, or maybe he traded that information for his freedom. It's like, um, we don't necessarily know that, yeah. but there goes the cartel.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So we scattered dead because the cartel killed him, rock, paper, scissors. Um, the cartel gets trumped by the mayor's file. The mayor, who's not really at the police, but gets to trump the police. Um, the police also trump the snow patrol. So in this crazy negotiation deal uh Pri- priest is taking care of scatter by accident <laughs> the cartel on purpose um snow patrol sort of by accident but on purpose um <laughs> the corrupt cop through the mayor and um that that's all the loose ends for somehow uh oh except for one more cop who we already talked about yeah what do you got
0: well i was, I was just gonna mention that one cop oh, yeah. that just fights with him
1: But yeah, but one more cop who uh, the hero cop that we described, and as we already mentioned, he doesn't put him away. He just kind of beats him up uh, mercilessly, um, (laughs) breaks his arm, uh, batters his body, and just kind of like walks away, you know? Um, You would think there would be dashboard cam, so I don't know how that worked out, but uh, okay. (laughs) But you know, it was was an interesting scene, you know, uh, he takes the cop's gun and he's like, I'm not going to shoot you with this gun. Square up, bro. Let's go. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, you get a Rocky Five um, street fight. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear no bell. <laughs> Touch me in our suit. And then the movie um, more or less ends with Young Blood Priest in Georgia on a super yacht in uh, Montenegro. And he's like, Yeah, you know, I guess I took the American dream with me. <laughs> um, he calls Eddie on the phone so that we know they, they're still friends. And he's like, Yo, Eddie, man, there's still space for you. And Eddie's like, why would I leave now, baby? I'm on <laughs> top. He's still playing dice. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got a nice fur coat. Um, that's not white. It's a uh, it's a like a black or brown fur coat. So you know he's still boys with young blood priests. Um and yeah, I mean, look, he's sipping, priests is sipping champagne. In Montenegro, he's out of the game and he's got no worries. The end.
0: (laughs) It's it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. (laughs) And it
1: all kind of happens almost like right on top
0: of each other. Yeah, like back to back to back to back to back. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like we said, a lot of those plot elements, a lot of these people didn't have to be in this movie and because you introduced them, you did have to tie every loose end. And they... Somehow did, you know, so kudos to the movie for somehow I've, I've tying everything worse. together. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely seen worse. I mean, you could have easily left some things unanswered, but they were like, nope, we're going over everything. Stay on board, man. So, you know, good for them for being able to tie up everything. But like, again, we didn't need all these different elements at the end of the day.
1: because like the mayor is kind of like a funny character that doesn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, He's introduced loosely in, like, the gallery scene. And you can tell in that scene that he has, like, a penchant for, like, uh, he's a, womanizing. He's a, yeah,
0: he's a creep. He's just, like, trying to grab George's ass right there. It's like, all right.
1: <laughs> but, you know, if you do a movie in Atlanta that's kind of like um, – because, again, the director, uh, Director X, is, a, um, is, like, a rap guy. So, like, look, you, you got rappers. Like, Chris Brown was in the movie. You got Big Boy. So if you're in Atlanta, Big Boy is, like, rap royalty out there. So, yeah, let's give him a spot in the movie for uh, the rap crowd. Um, he does a good job of being a kind of sleazy, corrupt mayor. Um, the cartel thing, you know, it's just, it's just there's a lot, right? Like you mentioned, and it does all wrap up clean enough. But like, I, I, less, like mm-hmm. you could take out one or more of the elements and still get the same story.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, like, not to say it wasn't fun because oh, it certainly was enjoyable, and it was, it wasn't boring. But it was just it's a lot to take in and your movies a half an hour longer than the original and didn't have to be yeah
1: that's really what it comes down to is that like i sure i appreciate the uh the film doing what it did but um it's like i can't specifically complain about any one element because there was enough there of each of them that i enjoyed honestly my least favorite group were the corrupt cops which I felt like were only there because- Because of the original. The original. Yeah. Um, everything else kind of fit into its own kind of mold in the story and like, you know, killing the uh, an unarmed Freddy and skimming Coke wasn't like really that influential because ultimately, if you're talking about the original, Priest is stuck with the cartel, the way that Priest was stuck with the cops in the original, mm-hmm. the cops in the remake he's not really, I mean, they're there and they are a problem, but like they're far less of a problem than the cartel. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So, but like you said, I'm not complaining per se, but uh, if I were, that's what I would be complaining about. There's just too many elements um, uh, unnecessarily, but I I did enjoy enough of them.
0: All right. So that's all the characters and pretty much all the plot. Um, There's not really much to talk about except for maybe a little bit of that music because can't talk about the original Superfly without talking about that music by Curtis Mayfield. Um, like I said, the only thing I knew about Superfly before watching the movie was the music and especially Pusher.
2: Secret stash, heavy bread, baddest bitches in the bed I'm your Pusher man
0: um, yeah. Just that song, such so as a classic song, and oh boy, do they <laughs> they have that song in this movie a lot. You see Curtis play it like live, where like, the movie just stops in a more one, and we just see Curtis and his band just performing. It's like, all right, I'm not complaining, but you know, it's a thing that happens in the movie. Then we hear that song again later during this weird picture montage, which I guess is when they had the connect and they were just showing how the drugs get everywhere. But it looked. It didn't look organized. It looked like just random pictures of people. At a certain yeah. point, it was just. I was like, "Who, who, who works for Priest here?" I, like, I am so fucking confused. Um, so that was fun that was in a weird good. way. Yeah, it was
1: kind of like supposed to be like the equivalent, of like a, in a Scarface movie, where it's like right, the yeah. push it to the limit montage. But like, you're right. It was just like these disconnected, yeah. random people mm-hmm. doing coke or selling yeah. coke. It was kind of fun actually. It felt like a like a it, hallmark.
0: It was a little fun because you had the construction worker guy at his job and then when he's home doing the cocaine, he keeps the hat on. He doesn't yeah. take that fucking hat off. So I enjoyed that. I, I like 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 you said, it was so
1: random. Yeah. But I did enjoy the randomness of it. It was like this is kind of
0: Yeah, if you're trying good. to find a narrative in that montage, you're gonna be struggling for a long time. It's yeah. just like what who? What? Okay curse mayfield sure <laughs> i'll just listen to the song and take it all in totally. um so just I, I don't know what else to say about the soundtrack. i mean that baseline dude just yeah. like
1: the first time they play it in the movie it's like yeah
2: yeah man. it's like, it's like, a, like it starts finally
1: <laughs> come down a little bit over time but uh it's a really really good soundtrack i mean like the star of the movie not taking anything away from ron neal mm. great but uh the music is a
0: star in this movie, like right? That, that soundtrack is just yeah, it really sets the tone. I mean, yeah, you, just, you know where you are and we you know where you're going because it's like, okay, <laughs> this yeah. type of music here we go. All right,
1: it's like uh, Kanye West had a song, was like, Every Hero Needs Their Theme Music, and it's like, Yeah, man, this is the theme music for mm-hmm. uh, um, Young Blood Priest,
0: absolutely. Uh, we do get the song, uh, we get Pusher at least in the yeah. remake, and I was happy. it was there and I thought it fit you know because um it's mostly uh mostly hip-hop soundtrack but then you throw this in there and it it worked for me I wasn't like oh that was dumb and I was I was glad it wasn't some dumb cover of the song yeah I'd rather hear the original because the original is so classic and to hear it in the remake I I appreciated that yeah like if they were going to do a hip-hop
1: version of it like maybe like you could use like Ice-T's Pusher which like effectively sampled that song um back in the day, but like, no, I'm glad they just went with the original. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't hit it over the head, right? Like they only used it like once and then everything else was just more right. modernized rap music um, that worked well. As much as the original probably overuses that song, the soundtrack is much more memorable of the original versus the remake. Right. The music was good, but it was background. Yeah. It was like in the original, that
0: music is just like, hits you with, like, right. right over the head. Yeah, it, yeah, like you said, it's like a character in the movie. It, it really is. is. Uh, and because it's all Curtis Mayfield, it's like, like the same style throughout the whole film, yeah. right? All these different songs that he wrote for it as opposed to the remake where you have a bunch of different artists. And I'm not too big on rap. I don't know. I didn't know any of the songs that were they were uh, playing throughout the movie, except uh, Pusher when I heard that. So yeah. and obviously Ryden when uh, the cop was singing. Uh, I, I knew that one. Yeah. <laughs> that was cracking me up. So. <laughs> yeah. That was funny.
1: But uh yeah, like even um I don't know the names of each song, but like that, kinda like the song at the beginning of the movie. The hook is basically like, uh, you know, he's like, I'm a ghetto child, blah blah Trying to get over like that. Like everything in the the Curtis Mayfield soundtrack felt like it fit with um the narratives that they were trying to tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um you know, there are hundreds, thousands of black exploitation movies. I think the real reason that this one has permeated what is that music
0: right absolutely it's
1: the cream of the crop uh in terms of music that came out of that period
0: that's all i have to say about that um any other points that we might have missed or anything you just want to make sure you go over no i think i think we got it i mean really for
1: me just hitting the point that um the remake probably overextends itself at times Mm -hmm. right um and that the original just has a and soundtrack. Like, those mm-hmm. are the two <laughs> uh, quick hits for me.
0: Fair enough. All right, well, it appears we are at the end, Reggie. So here it is, our verdict. Reggie, should the remake of Superfly exist?
2: Yeah,
1: so I remember, like I was saying before, that I saw the trailer for, um, for the Superfly, and what struck me was, again, kind of like the original film, was the hair, right? Like, I'm looking at this guy, I'm like, okay, that's an interesting take on that, like, 70s, kind of, like, pimp-style haircut. Um, The production looked good, and uh, it looked like a pretty slick movie. And as I watched it, I was like, huh, you know what? This is a surprisingly, uh, in my opinion, well-produced film. Uh, The storyline was cohesive. The actors, maybe the lead was... um, I think he was okay. He was a little bit stiffer than I kind of wanted from him, but uh, he he got the job done. Trevor Jackson got the job done. I never felt at any point in the movie that I was bored. I never felt like that the elements that they had introduced were like so frivolous that that it was making me not want to watch the movie. I, I just felt like it was a very competent remake that really figured out how to take elements from its original source material and modernize it, and it did its own thing, told its own story, subverted some of my expectations with Eddie, fleshed out some of the women characters in the movie, and uh, yeah, I just thought it was like, didn't like blow my socks off, but like it was a very competent, good remake that actually like tried to tell that story with more detail, Um, so I appreciated that, so I would say uh, the remake should exist and um you know if someone's interested i would recommend it if you're interested in seeing like the continuation of superfly um so yeah it should exist
0: yeah when uh, i was gonna watch the remake after watching the original i was just thinking like how are they gonna do this because it's so 70s soul right it's like it's so like in the movie it's like how do you do this modern like how do you you make a modern take of it? Like do you still like have that kind of soul flavor that Curtis Mm -hmm. Mayfield style? And I think they were able to really find their own footing with it. Um, Like you, I wasn't really bored. Um, I always say, man, if you're gonna make a remake longer, you better make it good and interesting because I'm gonna be watching the clock. And I didn't find myself watching the clock too much. Um, They threw a lot (laughs) into the pot. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it was interesting what they did with it. And sure, they could have cut a few things here or there, and then when you say it out loud, oh yeah, that does seem kind of stupid. But overall, I did find myself enjoying it. And um, I think some parts I definitely enjoyed more than the original, just because the original was just like, it's, it's really gritty, and um, it's a lot of just like, they just they focus on that soundtrack so much. Um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but like some parts I just got a little bit bored. Um, we didn't talk about this, but um, I wanted to talk about just the locations because the original takes place in Harlem and the remake takes place in Atlanta, but it goes beyond that scope because we have to go to Mexico and then they even show all their locations. So it's, it's a bigger uh, movie. It has a bigger feel to it overall. And I like the performances in the remake. Um, yeah, I thought that what they did with the priests, um, Trevor Jackson's portrayal, I thought it was absolutely fine. Um, the hair is, it's not as wild, but it's still like catches your eye. And there's like, that's some, that's a pretty hair, man. <laughs> like, I can keep looking at that hair. So, um, yeah, I, I like the, the love interests, um, what they did with George and Cynthia. I, I thought they were just stronger characters in this film. And, um, I like some of the other characters too, but uh, some of the characters I thought got done a little bit dirty in the remake, especially Scatter. So um, overall, I'd say not a great remake, but a pretty solid one. Um, If you enjoyed the Superfly, I think you'll enjoy this for sure.
1: Yeah, for like kind of like a drug kingpin getting out of the game story, like it's pretty like, hits all the cliches that you would expect mm-hmm. um i mean even like the cartel itself is like this is such a right right let's well-worn. just we got the drugs from mexico oh okay <laughs> okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> um you're right that location uh we didn't get to talk about but like harlem in the 70s had its own vibe and
0: feel yeah um i think it really captured that grit of harlem i think, in the 70s. I think it did too. it's because like we said there's a lot of chase scenes so there's a lot of exterior shots of just harlem and it, yeah captured really well in that original film.
1: Yeah, I thought that was really, really well done. Um, and just like, they, they kind of like captured that sort of concrete jungle, you know, down and dirty in the streets mm-hmm. feel, which is actually really impressive given um, yeah. the type type of film. And the remake, you know, like smart. Atlanta was a smart place to, to base this film because uh, uh, again, kind of like a, a more urbanized, like modern, city um there's a lot of uh you know black influence in the city um you know it just felt of the time so like you mentioned it's not like it's not that great (laughs) of a of like a movie but it's not a bad movie you know it's kind of like in that c tier of like yeah this this is fine got nothing to complain about and i'm I'm glad i you know i wouldn't take back watching i was like yeah that was fun yeah um so yeah I, i enjoyed it and uh my one big beef with the original was that as I was watching, I was like, this is flimsy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, There is not much holding this together. So uh, I'm glad the remake fleshed it out. And I think they, uh, for, for the most part, uh, hit their goal.
0: Yeah, because I have known about Superfly. And like I said, it just had that Curtis Mayfield in my head. And I That it was a tall order to do a remake of that because it's just such an iconic character in film. Yeah. And I think they pulled it off pretty well.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, Trevor Jackson, um, who I'm not too familiar with a lot of his work, no. but uh, like I said, he felt a little stiff at times for me um, in uh, some of the scenes. But like, he he did a lot of heavy lifting. It's not easy to be the focal point of a movie that long, and I think he he pulled it off.
0: Well, you think about this like he's trying to keep a low profile, right? He doesn't want to be seen, so he he talks really quiet, mm-hmm. um, which is what I was fine with. And then. Um, you know, he's more of a man of action. He's not gonna threaten somebody by just yelling at them. He's gonna yeah. he's gonna just, just act. So I, I was fine with uh sort of his quiet held back portrayal.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know you brought up the scene uh at the shooting range. I just wanted to shout out too that like his outfit at the shooting range was fire. <laughs> he had like the golf pants and uh uh that were fitted and I think like some kind of black sweater. I was like, This guy looks great. <laughs> <laughs> It's like if you're gonna be a murderer, do it in style.
0: And yeah, man. I'm gonna to try to fashion my hair after him, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think my hair is pretty thick. I can do that. Um, yeah, no, I'm it gonna, is. I'm gonna try to go
1: film. the other direction. I'm gonna have to like perm this out.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh man, cool, man.
0: Yeah, uh, enjoyable film. Even though, like I said, half hour longer, but it doesn't really feel it. So, yeah. Do yourselves a favor if you haven't seen either film. Definitely check out both of them yeah yeah totally um
1: what do we want to do next time
0: that's a good question I saw a movie on HBO that was a remake I didn't see the whole thing but um Sam was watching it and I was like oh wow they have a remake of this it was the witches I don't know if you wanted to do that one I don't know if you're familiar with that one
1: No, nah, but I, I mean yeah. watch it I don't care
0: alright alright let's let's change it up it's sort of a, a kids movie I
1: know what you're talking about
0: Right, when yeah, uh, yeah. they turn to... Yeah, okay. So uh, let's change up. Let's, we just did uh, a exploitation. Let's go to a children's film, I guess. Sure. <laughs> yeah. That's certainly a change. Uh, so I was going to check out... Chart the... works. <laughs> uh, I think we should check out The Witches. I saw it. It's on HBO. Uh, so it looked interesting because uh, Sam was watching it. And I was like, oh, I want to watch it, but I feel like we're going to do it for an episode, so I don't want to watch it at the same time. So, yeah. uh, well, now I can watch it. <laughs> the Not Witches. Totally, uh...
1: Like I said, my significant other, uh, definitely, has uh, been into like, uh, like the witchy movies and stuff like that, like the craft and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm,
0: I'm down. Cool. Cool. All right. So next episode is the witches that does it for today. Uh, thanks to everybody who listened. Um, if you want to leave a comment below or anywhere, you can leave a comment on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Um, leave it there if you want to give us five stars on itunes we'd greatly appreciate that too to help the channel grow um, yeah, absolutely. i don't know if you have anything reggie uh nothing wrong i'm reggie parker
2: <laughs>
0: and i'm dan bulec this has been another episode of retro versus remake